Hey guys, it's November 8th and the election is over. At least some people think that. Anyway, I wanted to have a discussion over Skype. Time out. Can COVID just go away so we can all be in a room together? All right. Anyway, just wanted to have a discussion about what happened in the election. Not so much about the results, but the effect of the results as they stand. In typical fashion, we dive into different topics that will definitely have you thinking and questioning. Later on in the episode, we're joined by a special guest, Steve Kaufman, who is the co-host of a podcast called The Reality of It. I was fortunate enough to be invited to his podcast before the election to talk about race and society, and I wanted to have him on to ours to talk about the election as someone who did vote for Donald Trump. This is a great conversation, and he made a lot of good points that are definitely worthy of him being on for another episode. This is one long episode, so please take your time on it. As usual, if you have any feedback, questions, or anything like that, reach out. All right, let's get to the show. The goal of the Salumas podcast is simple. Take a candid, objective, and often comedic approach to the human condition. In keeping with this, the use of expletives, crude humor, and references to harsh realities are a commonplace. If you find any of this to be offensive, please, please, please throw your listening device in the trash. If not, enjoy the show. How's everyone doing today? Uh, pretty good. Restive. Yeah, restive. Seems like we had a uh, pretty eventful weekend. Um, before we get into that, um, I do want to say that, uh, man, I feel fucking good. <laughs> I just, I think I got more sleep than I normally do. Uh, it was slightly more than uh, five hours today. So I woke up feeling pretty, pretty solid, went and spent a little time in the sauna and just sweated the gunk out and spent some time on the spin bike afterwards and then got some food, had a nice little omelet. So your boy's feeling good and, and happy. How about you guys? Outside Man, I'm, of, yeah. I'm straight. I'm just, uh, <clears throat> you know, it, I, it, it, it feels too good to be true type shit. Like, I'm not saying like, what happened is like I'm not like yay Biden or any shit like that but uh, I, I feel like the calm that we're experiencing right now collectively mm-hmm. at least that we're experiencing mm-hmm. is just kind of the eye of the storm um, yeah. I want to be I want to be wrong I want uh, you know things to go peacefully into the fucking night and then us be able to all shit on you know, Biden together, but uh, I think that's wishful thinking. Yeah. Even though I'm yeah. pretty sure I predicted that Biden was going to win. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> my th- my thought was, you know, you, you've heard it. I also, I too predicted that he was going to win, but I also uh, was scared of him winning because of the way that some of his base was going to be. Um but it didn't help that I had a fantastic Saturday of trolling people. Um, you know, that was those who those who know me and know my humor 
understand that something like that was going to happen, you know, in terms of me trolling people. But when you look at the the meta or whatever you want to call it of it, it's like the re- that came from seeing those people for a good solid four years just shitting all over a lot of, you know, liberal folks out there, a lot shitting all over progressive people. And I was like, this is, and it just, to me, it felt like. And they the don't bull- even know any person. They don't even, yeah. And it's like, and it, it felt like when the bully finally got bullied. That's what it, that's what it felt like to me. So that's, that's kind of what I, you know, I, I made like five posts and a couple of story things. And, you know, people were, one person was like, don't you have anything better to do? And I was just like, LOL. Um, but, you know, just going back and forth with other people, it was, uh. It felt it felt good to be able to be like now you guys see what it's like to be to be worried just a tiny bit to be worried and fucking quiet. Now you understand what that's like. So from this point, now that you're worried and quiet, now let's try and figure out what can we do next. How can how can we live in you know if you want to say in spite of whoever is in in power? Because I feel like now. At this point, because he's going, it's it's all going to be legal. Forget what everyone is saying with the whole like, oh, there's going to be some kind of count and legal stuff. Like, he's going to win. You know, Biden's going to win it uh, legally or whatever you want to call it. Um, how do we move forward? And it makes me think of the discussion that we had when we were talking about those who had the Confederate flag and just what happened to the South in general because they did get forgotten. And, you know, all those Southerners did get sort of shit on. And they realized that America is moving in a different direction. And the way that they are thinking is no longer sustainable. I see that happening now. And so my my challenge or my question for myself is how do we sort of bring those people along? You don't have to you don't have to uh, become some kind of a supporter. But how do you get yourself to a point where you feel like you can actually thrive even though the person that you voted for didn't win. So that's, that's kind of where I come from with it. And I was going to see Mark, did you, were you following much of it? Kind of um, yeah. a little bit. I hung out with some friends in discord on the first night. <clears throat> and then um, since then I've been listening to a little bit of the, the silly rhetoric. I don't think that um it was it's significant but i don't think it is uh socially the catalyst that i wished it would have been mm-hmm. um it definitely wasn't enough, enough to move me um mm-hmm. I, I i am shamefully ignorant and out of touch with all the goings on of politics because that's how removed i feel from it having any efficacy but uh that doesn't mean that it's not a good thing and we're not going in a good direction for the whole society as a whole waking up and and to that point that's why i'm curious about the uh, apprehension people have about there being some sort of, uh, I don't know, protests or a uh, lashback or some, the people on whatever the other side is, mm-hmm. uh, far right wing, they don't have a catalyst. They don't have, yeah. we, this past year we've had reason, the left had reason to be upset. People dying for no reason, cops killing people, mismanagement of things, uh, clearly, uh, clear and obvious, like, uh, benign neglect, if you will, from leadership. Like we had reasons, but people who are super pro Trump or what have you don't have a reason in his losing to be upset, except for that fundamental, subtle, um, all pervasive reason that they've had and probably are not aware of. And that is the 
the last thing you just said, the changing of the culture or the changing of the face of America and what that might mean mm-hmm. at, at an extreme genetically. You know, you know what perspective I come from. Mm-hmm. If there's anything to be concerned with is to be the fact that there won't be such thing as a quote unquote white person if the world keeps going the way it's going now mm-hmm. in, in 50 years. So but most people who I'm concerned with who may be on a Trump supporter but are not keen to that perspective that humanitarian perspective I just described, they're not thinking on mm-hmm. that level. That's not what they're concerned about. They don't have anything to worry about. And I was never worried about them because they haven't done anything yet. It was just, we we witnessed in the Trump presidency how powerful feeling, uh, feeling good about yourself is. I've talked about this in regards to why black people do some of the near pathological things we do in consuming and not really ex- exercising solidarity, not focusing, but what what a human being will do, especially in an egotistical society like this, to feel dignified or to feel better about themselves, you won't believe what degrees people will go to. And so beyond feeling good, feeling like I'm on the winning team, feeling like I got someone representing me, I don't think people aligned with Trump had much else to it. They, they never asked him, say, hey, go after the opioid crisis, an obvious <clears throat> win-win that could make you a hero. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't even do that. He didn't do anything for us. He didn't do anything for them. He didn't do anything for anybody. So that and and, and there was no pressure to people pressured Obama to do more. Mm-hmm. Special interest groups and minority groups pressured Obama to do more, and they got him to do stuff too. But they didn't even ask anything of him. It was enough that just that they had a fucking ignorant fool representing them and talking shit and saying what they that, that in in whistle dog whistles at time but saying what they felt yeah they wanted to say and it was just to me that's petty and low and i'm glad i'm glad of it i'm glad to know that is that your best i mean is that your worst you're gonna eat this clown well that's nothing for me to worry about so whether it went his way or not i never expected there to be anything from that side of the society they haven't done anything thus far they just were happy to feel like being emboldened is different from gaining new courage. Yeah. And when I was little, you always knew that if you you were running around somewhere out by East or Bristol out that way and you came across a couple few white boys run, they'll fuck you up. But if there's three of you and three of them, they'll run. They'll never yeah. they never want it when it's even. And if there's a bunch of you and one of them, of course, it's obvious. But that's how it always was. So. With with the left, if you will, sort of getting a, a narrow victory, I said that's more than enough for those people who fly Confederate flags or whatever and align with Trump for those ridiculous rhetorical reasons. Those people are ain't, ain't gonna have nothing to say. They never have. You know, they weren't talking big and bad before. They were just emboldened exactly equally to the amount of bullshit that he spewed. They were one-to-one. That's how bold they were. It never went beyond anything like that. No one with real conservative remember the Dixie Confederate views ever was doing anything to really bring that shit back. Now, if you say about, if you say like, um, not Richard, what's his name? The, the right-wing dude. Anyway, if you, Jared, Jared Spitzer and all them, if you, if you leverage them as an example, they still are only talking shit. They, they're not doing anything really. Even the people that are rallying and gathering, like I didn't, that that, that um, Proud Boy shit, it never really, I never took that seriously. Like that's not serious. What I would be serious about if I started to see people doing, making economic, serious economic uh, um, 
gestures or, or protests, like saying everybody's everyone's got some position they take, but everyone represents and realizes that position through consumption yeah. in America. So to me, I'm like, you're still just doing what we're all doing. Yeah, you're 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 you go to Trader Joe's instead of Walmart, but you're mm. still you're the same. You know what I mean? You go to Cabela's. And a country boy will survive. Yeah, right. Once you spend all your paycheck in another grocery store, just like I do, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're not really doing it. Now, if they were to say, all right, we're getting serious about this. We're buying land. We're getting off the grid as much as possible. I would be like, oh, shit. But nobody yeah, was they doing business. That. Yeah, yeah, nobody was doing it. Everyone was just talking the same way we just talk. We weren't, we weren't, we weren't ready to get up and do anything and really sacrifice. Hmm. All right, Chris, where do, where do you stand on that? <clears throat> well, I, I think that that Mark's onto something when a, when he says that you know there wasn't a whole lot of substance to the affiliation, like the 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 ties that bind, so to speak, weren't anything of much substance. It was just entirely um, this vague validation and uh, and enough uh, ambiguity to language and enough like appeal to more basal kind of concepts and yes. and value mm-hmm. systems are really the only thing that that bound together a large swath of you know they called they called motherfuckers the uh silent majority but they yeah. were like not even close to either like if you if you look well, at in, the popular, in 20 in 2016 they were yes well uh, but that that was some dark horse shit. And in 2016, yeah, in 2016, uh, the 2016 version of me was laughing alongside them. Yeah, admittedly mm-hmm. that uh, that somebody that I disliked that met, that that very much represented business as usual, the status quo, and and seemed as though that they were a shoe in because by virtue of their involvement with politics, uh, the demographics they thought they had sewed up without a, actually having to do any kind of real work to appeal to them. Uh, I was laughing alongside people that voted for Trump because I was like, okay, well, you know, to be quite honest with you, but in, in a sense I was, but at the same time, like, I'm, I'm letting these motherfuckers know when I said it back then, too, I'm like, you realize this man has been a lifelong uh, left of center, especially regarding social policy, left oh, of dude. center like yes. a motherfucker, like yeah. very liberal when it came to social policy. Yeah, that's so the thing I was, that I never understood. It's like, OK, he we, we it's like we picked and chose what things that. Um, that sort of make a Republican or whatever you want to call it. Like Trump was, just like you said, very, very left of center. I'm sure he's probably had a couple abortions and stuff like that too, you know? But the fact that the people that he associates with are right, are very far, are pretty far right. But also there's just this level, and we've talked about this many times, you reach a certain level of opulence where your political party doesn't matter. You know, and I think that for him, he just kind of played like who who could I rile up the quickest and the and the hardest clearly. or whatever. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it falls it falls absolutely in line with his quote when he said that if I would run for president, I would do it as a Republican because their base is essentially not smart enough to really catch on to what he was going to be doing. 
I will. I will say that I think our. I, it may have even been Snopes that said that 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 quote that's attributed to him was actually not something that could be verified. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, never mind I, that. Thank I, you yeah, for correcting I, me on that. Yeah, you good? Because I, I I've seen the same thing over and over again, and I was like, I mean, that seems pretty reasonable, and it lockstep with his approach on all this shit because it's essentially like his base. No shit are a group of people that it, he would be utterly disgusted by. He wants nothing to fucking do with. You know for a fact he would want nothing to do with them. But he doesn't want to do with some country redneck people. He wants no part of them. No, he doesn't. He again, he he would he is less racist. He he sees the color green. He's less yeah. racist than he is classist. Mm-hmm. That's you know, and and those one hand washes the other. You mm-hmm. can't th- those things are far from being mutually exclusive, but there are levels to it. And I guess we could argue as to what concepts are the more umbrella concepts versus the ones that are symptomatic. But I think when we're talking about you know to bring back you talking about uh, the validation that these people felt that they've been disenfranchised for multiple generations in one way or a fucking other. Some of them. Now mm-hmm. I'll say a lot of them uh, live in fucking $250,000, $300,000 homes and drive $70,000 pickup trucks and have flags and shit hanging all off of them. Now I understand that when you're talking about tax cuts and fiscal conservatism and things like that, that's pretty, you know, par for the course when you talk about once you achieve just that status you know you're not old money by by any measure and you're not even quite new money because you just went over into the area like i just fucking made it you know Mm -hmm. i worked hard and and granted a lot of these people do work hard but they worked hard they achieved and they felt like they'd gotten a seat at the table, albeit they at the kids' table on this shit. But those motherfuckers were some of the loudest voices about it. They felt like they were in a position socially, economically, um, as far as their visibility within municipalities and communities, that they had the capital to go ahead and afford some leadership. And at the mm-hmm. same time, like the children of these people and then edgelord type motherfuckers, you know, guys that are about our age that have a little bit of disposable income, mm-hmm. they're all about that shit too, because they're looking at things in terms of meritocracy. They're looking at things in terms of fuck your feelings, because that's been the overarching theme yeah. of the past 100%. three, three and almost, almost four years has been fuck your feelings. It's, it's been this prod at anybody that wasn't a Trump supporter pretty much that uh that they're somehow soft or yeah. weak or frail the and they, tears oh yeah, yeah. The thing. well I, again i seen the see the bumper stickers around here in bowling green that say you know make liberals cry again mm-hmm. and then i see again flags of like homoerotic uh visages of trump where it's like his dumpy butt cake ass fucking head superimposed on like Sylvester Stallone from Rambo or from First Blood on his body with like mm-hmm. a you know a machine gun or some shit and yeah. and I'm like oh, he's probably never this? fired a gun before what I, I wouldn't be surprised man I mean he's 
ketchup on his steak, well done and shit. Like the motherfuckers, <laughs> he's out there, man. But I don't think that when we're talking about the validation, the overall phenomena that's associated with it, there's such a spectrum of people that if you actually end up parsing it out, albeit white people, these are white people. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so there was a, a, a quantifiable, a noticeable amount of Latinos, but just because you're Hispanic doesn't mean you're not white. I mean, yeah. that, that's, that ethnicity and race are different fucking things. And not to say that there, aren't, there weren't people of color that voted for fucking Trump. But I really think it doesn't, it, in, the, in the afterglow, aftermath, whatever you want to call it of this, um, even if we were to be as noble as fucking possible, if I look at it from a micro perspective and how mechanisms work in terms of me being like a community mental health uh, member and handling not only an, uh, a phenomena in general, but also um, the specific qualitative element that's associated with being involved with individuals and their treatment. So I have all these qualitative experiences, right? We'll say something easy, like a hundred there's been way more than a hundred, but a hundred individuals that I have a direct hand in, you know, their, uh, substance abuse treatment, um, regulating and dealing with the symptoms of a severe mental illness diagnosis, housing insecurity, whatever. There's a hundred of those. That's my qualitative experience for each of those individuals. Then if I look at the larger theme that's associated the, the average, the commonalities across those hundred individuals, then I come up with another idea of a larger mechanism that's going on. And if I look at that devoid of, if I strip it down to its structural components and, and take out all of the, like, the specificity and just take that structural component and transpose it on what's going on i don't think that there's any way i think we're we're lying to ourselves we sitting around with our thumbs up our asses if we feel like that there's any way to necessarily bring people to the table on a lot of shit i think it's more about managing i think it's about managing symptoms it's not about fixing things mm-hmm. and and understanding that failure um miscommunication fucked up shit is inherently just that's a human thing and that's part of the fucking process you can do it literally everything right on your end and if somebody isn't ready or willing or sees an issue or is even able to comprehend and address um their own you know symptoms or their own inequities or personal biases you know, it, it scales out even beyond the, the SMI framework. If somebody's not willing to take those steps, has no desire to take those steps. And I wager to say a lot don't because I can tell you a lot of motherfuckers on the left, um, liberals, you know, clannish liberals have no desire to have any sort of dialogue because mm-hmm. it's so frustrating they want to automatically just throw scarlet letter terms around, call people a racist. Mm-hmm. Um, when in reality, like we're all 
and and I'm gonna be real with you. I don't like the modernized version of racism where people are like, no, um, uh, you can't be racist towards white people. Only yeah. white people can be. You can be racist down. I, I work more off of the uh, Chappelle show circa 2004 definition where he's emulating Miss Cleo and he's like, Dave is not a psychic. He is merely a racist. Like he calls himself <laughs> a racist. Dave, yeah. Dave Chappelle is a, a an exceptional individual and he refers to himself as a racist several fucking times. So when when I think about racism, I think we need to stop with these fucking these meaningless platitudes and uh, semantic arguments of no, this word means this, 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 it's like cuss words, bruh. Think about people to get so mad about the word fuck when it's just some fucking sounds that come out of your mouth. Like it's just, it's just sounds. And you feel like, well, you'd be like, well, that's motherfucking silly. That doesn't do anything other than add emphasis. It's a, it's a exclamation point before, you know, they're even being an end to the sentence. And it's, it's an exclamatory fucking statement. Um, it's the same thing. It's people dogmatically trying to get us to adhere to these, these frameworks that are bound to language. And I'm not with that shit. All three of us that sit here hold racist views and are contextually racist within certain bounds. White people and again, that that is the scarlet letter for white people is to be called a racist. It is. Like if somebody called any of us a racist, do you think that we gonna give half a fuck at all? No, it's I like wouldn't. calling a white person a cracker. Like they don't really care about or a honky. They don't well, they probably care a little bit more right now, but they don't really give a fuck about that shit. Like to call us racist, we're like, bitch, what whatever. Shut up. Yeah. Calm your stupid ass down. Um, but to, but to call somebody and then you have a lot of people on the left that are like, okay, I have to recognize my implicit bias and acknowledge that I am racist. There are a group of white folks on the left that are like that, but there are white folks on the left that like to pretend like they, they aren't racist and they Mm. would shit their fucking pants. If you so much as brought up something about racism and that's the left. Yeah. So think about the right and think about how how the conversation has been completely and utterly shut the fuck down just on the basis of if you support Trump, then you're racist. Yeah. The, the, the term racist to them automatically shuts, it shuts the conversation down because these are, and these are already people that realistically, they know a couple, they've got black acquaintances. They might even have a black friend or two. And they're like, well, I mean, I love this motherfucker, but I, I don't believe in this Black Lives Matter shit. When, when you take something like that to an entire swath of America, uh, a, a huge, huge number of, of individuals attesting to the notion that if you do this, then you are a racist. Think mm. about how that's going to make the majority of those motherfuckers just kind of exactly. double down. And be like, well, fuck you. I ain't racist. I just and don't believe in this shit. And it's going to make the people who do buy into it, it'll all, it'll honestly make you question their authenticity with it. Because some people do get oh, scared yeah. into liking things. You know, Some yeah. people do get scared into you know, supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's, it's always funny to me when I see them 
and that's when I make my joke, like, hey, easy, Talcum X, you know, we don't have to, you don't have to, you know, we don't have to get to that point. And even my It's views, performative. It's, it's almost performative. performative. Yeah. And even my be- views on it are, it's, it's, I guess you can call it controversial. I say black lives don't matter until they matter to us. You know, like, why are we asking any, anyone else to, re- to tell us that our lives matter when I know that we don't, we don't even live like our lives fucking matter? Like the things, it's like we are. It doesn't seem like we're we're serious enough about the shit that needs to get done within the community. Only black people can fix the fucking problems that are in the community. Only black people can get us to a good spot, in my opinion. And again, going back on when we uh, talked about when we had our episode with the debates, it made me sick watching Trump and Biden both talk about the shit they've done for black people. Like, it just makes me sick seeing that. It's like, we do not need them to get stuff done. Not in 2020. Not in 2020. But that well, maybe I'm still I, I, my own shit. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to disagree about, to, a, to a degree about only black people can do this. I think, <clears throat> I think we're all fucking enslaved beyond our, our wildest concept of enslavement. Anything mm-hmm. short of the three of us uprooting... And even then, man, they'll find you if they want to fucking find you. They'll they'll tax you. If we were to own pieces of property, build our own cabins from scratch, have uh, wood stoves, live electricity-free, just do all of that shit, even that completely scaled down and utter remove, removal from society at large, you still are, are tapped into that shit in some fucking way. Yeah, but um, I'm talking about but, the well, problem I, is the identity, Chris. That's what I'm talking about. The, well, I, that is the I building haven't finished block. my I haven't finished my point. My point my point is the the identity matters, but I think it's gaslighting an entire <clears throat> I think it's gaslighting an entire group of individuals regarding a very, very profound social issue that makes it damn near impossible but at the very least incredibly difficult for black individuals to make any kind of headway. There are systems that are set up and and the prison industrial complex, the inequities when it comes to statistics regarding black males versus literally anybody else with the prison industrial complex. And you could say chicken or the egg, but no, when you start comparing similar charges, similar cases, Mm -hmm. similar backgrounds, but the only difference being, you know, one is a white male and one is a black male. Black males receive harsher sentences. Yes. There's a lot of things that hamstring the black community. And there's been a bid for that for generations and generations and generations. Yes. And that's one of the reasons why we also, we went out of our way to advocate for poor, poor rural whites that may not even like no, none of us on this podcast just based upon the way that we look. Mm-hmm. But we understand that there's a subjugative system that's in place that that's largely out of their motherfucking control. And we can't look to you and I, Mark can't look to rural whites and be like, well, look, it's up to you to do this or do that. No, I I think, I think the first step is acknowledging all of the systems that are set up to keep us under control and keep us, keep us failing in the right direction so that it serves the system. After that comes personal efficacy. After that comes, you know, the com- the com- now the onus is on the community. We've taken the barriers down. We've taken the deliberate fucking systems and barriers down 
that were otherwise impeding that, now personal efficacy comes in. But when you have the majority of an entire community having a shared experience that's associated with subjugation in one way or another, we can't just say, yo, black lives can't matter until they matter to y'all. Like that, to be quite honest with you, that's some shit that, that a lot of these Trump folks were saying, like, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that part. No. And, and what it is, they have been saying that stuff. I I have been saying that very thing. The, the, the people that I've been hearing saying that are fellow black people that are not Trump supporters. They're, they're more of, they're more of the black people that have this idea that we don't fucking need anyone to, to fix anything. Like, I think that, you know, no group is well, that, I don't, persevered. I don't think that that's true either. I think that I think no he, group has persevered so much in America as like the way that black people have. And so why are we still trying to ask them to do something that I believe that we can fix on our own with it? Like, yes, you talk about you talk about black people getting uh harsher sentences. My question is what gets us to that point to even be in that situation? What gets us to that mm-hmm. point to even get us there? And that is why it starts at the home. It starts at the individual level. It starts at personal efficacy, all that kind of stuff. It starts with having both parents around. It starts with all sorts of stuff that you cannot legislate. You can't do it. But it that's chicken to- or egg stuff, bro. That's still chicken or egg stuff. The position that, that individuals are currently in, and we talked about Black Wall Street. We've talked about how the prison industrial complex was set up immediately after slavery. We talked about Reaganomics and the war on drugs and crack cocaine. That's why I made the point of saying these days. That's why I made the point of saying these days. Well, you may have heard from from black people saying that they don't need nobody else, and they're the ones that are saying that. I have seen the very same, or an alteration thereof, of the statement of black lives don't matter until they matter to us framed up in terms of, well, uh, crime statistics, mm-hmm. uh, Chicago was thrown in our fucking faces for years. Chicago is always thrown in our motherfucking faces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It talks, it, it's an indictment. It is victim blaming too. There's no, mm-hmm. it's not one thing or the other. I don't think mm-hmm. that we can, we can make the assertion that, What's good for the goose is good for the gander. I think that it has to be a comprehensive approach that includes personal efficacy. But again, we're at where we're at. Like I, I couldn't help that you know my father left when I was seven years old. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I could do, and he didn't. He did. He wasn't arrested on some bullshit drug charge, and sent to prison for fucking uh, twenty years. Yeah, that, but it's that, still not the same. I, I still don't equate that as being the same thing. I think that the it, there are going to be – it's still just going to be harder for black people to get around. And, like, it, it just carries more weight having the data around. Like, I know that there are people out there that – um that, that have your same situation and stuff like that. But it's it, – I swear it just – to do my air quotes, it just hits differently. That's why guys like me always land on knowledge of self. It sounds like a leap or conclusion in perspective, but that's how we always end up coming full circle. Like it looks like the at symbol. Like we go around in a circle and you end up coming to the middle and it ends up being, oh, I see what the answer is. It's it, It may be wrong, but there's no other conclusion in that chicken and egg problem but knowledge of self because you ask, 
us colluded. How do I get there? Why? What, well, okay, I'm getting done wrong by getting harsher sentences, but how do I get to where I'm c- going to jail to begin with? Why did I commit the crime? And you might say poverty. You might say there's no fa- father at home. And you, if you run the reductio long enough, it get it gets to a behave an aberrant behavior that's self-destructive. For whatever reason, the catalyst might be. It may be something in the past. It may not be. Whatever that is, got it. You got to nip that in the bud first before you can begin to see changes. Because a comprehensive, comprehensive approach it would be like shaving with two razors. To me, it, it may be more thorough and faster. It doesn't change what makes hair grow. So, like we've got, we've been conquered so well, in my opinion, because that's why I think the causes so effectively that we self-destruct on autopilot now. And that's the power of having lost identity and, uh, and culture and a combination of other things, which are amplified by very effective systems. Now, before we go on, I want to, there was something I wanted to do for this episode. I wanted us to be able to get some of our thoughts in there. Then I actually have a, if you want to call it a surprise guest, um, this guy is a – this is not the guy that we talked to on Facebook the other day, uh, Chris. It's, it's not him. Uh, this, this, it's a different guy. But this this is one of my friends. I was actually on uh, on his podcast last week. He is a Republican. He is a Trump supporter, but he's intelligent. And uh, I wanted to be able to bring him in after we got some of our thoughts out there and then see where we can uh, essentially make sausage of this whole thing. So can you guys bear with me one second while I get him in? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, and honestly, Chris, you can continue with what you're saying. I'm just going to pull him in, and I'll just have him stay quiet until you're done. Okay. Um. Well, it, it, the the bottom line is, again, to me, and having grown up in the environment that I grew up in, having insights, um, being, you know, participatory with regard to a lot of bad decisions that got me in situations that I shouldn't have fucking been in. And and like Kalu said, the, yes, that quite possibly could have been mitigated through the presence of an ongoing father figure in the family. Um, but when you have systems of subjugation set up whereby, gentlemen, I'm, I'm a member of, you know, the public. Like, I'm a public servant. I'm tapped in. I know law enforcement. I know community mental health. I know, you know, any number of entities, political entities in the community. I have to interact with these individuals. Sure. But I also have very candid discussions with these individuals. And I know for an absolute motherfucking fact that there are certain areas. You guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Give me one second, Steve. Keep going, Chris. There are areas of town where. And this isn't some speculative bullshit either. This is directly from the horse's mouth, from several horses' mouths, mm-hmm. that if you need to reach a quota, if you need to go ahead and uh, and get a citation in, you can just slide on through this area of town and you're almost certain to pick something up. It's almost like fishing. So when sure. we have when we have a penal system that benefits financially off of citizens' suffering, which a lot of a lot of the um, I guess the deviant behaviors that are associated with 
with these sentences, these unfair sentences and stuff, they themselves are symptoms of something else. They don't just occur out of nowhere. They're a manifestation of something else. And you can't tell me that anybody, regardless of color, creed, what, whatever it may be, is in a position to self-actualize and take up an enormous amount of personal efficacy when they're constantly, <coughs> when, when they're constantly uh, reacting. You can't. Sure. You know, and, and I'll, I'll say that straight up from a community mental health standpoint. That's why we hold a housing first model in order to get somebody and, and help them self-actualize or be the best version of themselves that they can be. We're utilizing the notion of, OK, let's let's provide housing security as the first step and then let's address all these other issues that are associated with it. That doesn't mean that that's the only route. That doesn't mean that that's the correct route. Mm -hmm. However, what we are seeing and what we're expe expecting out of especially young men may be entirely too fucking much. And it may result in, like I said, even more victim blaming. Because if you're, if you're born into an environment, raised into an environment where you are constantly reacting to things, what room does that give you to self-actualize? Knowledge of self is not, not exactly the same lift as self-actualization. I, I want to kind of tune that tune, tighten that up a little bit so that that the subtle differences can still uh, provide some some examination for us because when i say knowledge of self what i mean is that 40 year old man that's homeless that needs help uh wasn't homeless when he was four years old he wasn't homeless when he was 14 most of the time and knowing the context that you operate in in america as a say an african-american male i think knowing that as soon as possible it will benefit you for the entirety of your life. And that's what I mean when I say knowledge yourself, knowing the context that you exist in and not discovering it later on in layers and layers and layers as you as you grow and develop in America and keep feeling like less than a full citizen. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you get 30 something years old before you figure it out. That That's kind of what I mean. I think that I always say that if we would we teach honest history and I don't expect schools to do that. So again, it, you know, it's something that individual families have to do, but having knowledge of self and approaching life in America with that knowledge, I think can can, can change some outcomes. Yeah, and, okay. and I agree with that. I just, you know, one's environment has a very profound way of framing up one's perception of themselves. Yeah, I think it has all like probably more than more than any other factors. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 if, if you're in a good position, the, the go-to for the human mind in order for you to maintain this homeostatic state is to be like, oh, I'm, I'm in this position. I deserve to be in this position. Like if you're in a good spot. If you're not in a good spot, then you're not really in any kind of position to be making that kind of assessment. Things like food insecurity, um, you know, not having access to reliable transportation. Um, you you didn't grow up with books in your fucking home. I, any mm. number of things that a lot of us, even though not, the three of us, none of us had ideal childhoods as far as like it, we weren't we weren't born into fucking opulence. We mm. didn't have silver spoons in our mouths, but every one of us had access to reading material. Mm hmm. And a lot of people don't. A lot. Whether they be white, black, Hispanic, whatever. It's just not on the priority list 
when you're talking about when potentially you have to move, you know, numerous times up roof, sure. go to somewhere, you know, smaller downsize, um, whatever it may be. And if you look at the, the black population is not growing in the United States. Mm-hmm. What well, do you think it's doing? Well, if I'm not mistaken, and I, somebody could fact check me on this, I thought black folks made up, um, and, and I mean, aren't growing proportionately with the rest of the population, made up somewhere around 17% of the population yeah, that sounds about, about, right. ten, about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, that, and now we're at like 13, 14%. That's a big number. So, so yeah, it's a significant number. So when we... The illusion, I think a big part of us being uh, sated, satiated, comfortable, um, imbibing in the American dream is the illusion that we have personal fucking efficacy. And and I understand the utility of faking it until you make it, because that's that's what I do every day. You know, I work within the system and then I also own a business. But I realize that I'm still playing a role and an overarching theme that, in my opinion, is ultimately poisonous. It's not sustainable. And I think sustainability is the name of the game when you're talking about um, providing for the well-being of the greatest swath of your citizenry. Or actually, you know, the near totality of your citizenry. We have the ability to do that. But there's not an incentive to do that. Like we talked about with uh, planned obsolescence. Sure. There's absolutely no financial industries would crash. My my, I, I mean, ideally, I I wouldn't be necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, so, being a member of community men, mental health and the capacity that I'm in, in in an ideal society, me going out here and doing hood rat shit for the sake of keeping people, you know, in in stable housing and out of jail and things like that, wouldn't be a necessary thing because we wouldn't or we wouldn't have let it get to that point. We we're perpetually in a situation. And again, this is my subjective experience from being on the inside and working in the system in varying capacities for the past 10 years. But we're constantly waiting until the bottom falls out of some shit. And then all of the fucking scavengers, myself included, Mm. come in using our expertise. And we take a piece of the pie to remedy this this what amounts to a manufactured social issue that is then commodified and then it's turned into something that we can turn a profit on. So in in all of something like this, and, and this is to shift our you know, shift our focus back to things going with the election. And I'm glad we actually I knew that the three of us would, would understand that it's much deeper than just the election. Where do we get people to understand that or, or, or you know what? I'll, I'll keep it connected with the election. How does the – what can a president or elected official do to fix what's going on here? Well, um, I don't think they can do anything in that role or that capacity. But as a human, I think they could tell the truth. That could be impactful. If, if they are aware, they could tell the truth. They can tell the truth? Mm-hmm. Just to, just tell the truth about what, of how the, the government works while they're there. Just tell the truth about everything, things that people don't understand. Tell them, tell people, if you don't like me, here's how you can get rid of me. Here's what really matters. Here's what, what happens when you vote, and here's what my job is. Here's the mandate that I receive when I become president. 
and here's what I really have to do. Here's what's here's the parts that's pageantry and really don't matter. And here's what it means to live in a republic that has an exercise of democracy to satiate its its citizenry, but it's actually a republic. Here's what you can actually do in a republic to to change your life. Mm. I don't know why they would ever say that, but that's something they could do. Man, can you imagine if if our <clears throat> politicians gave the code, you know, if yeah. they gave the blueprint, do you think that we would overthrow them or something like that or what? I don't know. Do you think uh, people would just quit voting altogether? Well, I think uh, we've already got the code, bro. Like I I think I think it's it's not terribly complicated. They they make it more con it's like the terms of agreement. When you when you get something and it's something a goddamn app, right? Um, and you look at the terms of agreement that are associated with it before you can use the fucking app. That thing mm-hmm. is deliberately convoluted. Obviously, mm-hmm. it, it it's also meant to wrap up things in an airtight manner regarding liability and any number of things, but it's also deliberately fucking convoluted. Um, and, and the system is designed that way so that it can't be easily digested. I think it's right. It's right in front of us what they're fucking doing. And I think it's much more simple than they're painting it, but they go through all these. Yeah. Well, what is, what would be otherwise arbitrary, but serves a very pivotal purpose, all these right. extra fucking steps to throw people the fuck off over so, the fact so, that, yes. that Nancy Pelosi is not terribly fucking different than any number of right-wing motherfuckers. I mean, mm-hmm. she's just not. She's got more in common with the other senators that are on the right than she does with any of us. Hmm. So I I don't I think if we had a politician again, we we've had people with uh and I had this discussion a couple times recently um, where we were talking about the fact that you had a lot of deaths, a lot of high profile deaths there for a minute, right? Uh-huh. That was that was when the real power grab, like when America was had obviously had a fighting chance because it was dangerous. It was scary to the status quo. It was real. We had the status quo shook during the civil rights movement and thereafter. Um, you had the high profile deaths of of civil rights activists, several fucking notable, I mean, very well-known civil rights activists, the goddamn Kennedys. I was going to say you had a president. <laughs> yeah, well, and then you had a, you had relatively innocuous uh, presidencies, too. And and I, f- I can't help but feel like that that's like lubricant. Like that was like before they slipped a tip in on us, they're going they're going to hit us with this innocuous presidency. So we we aren't we don't already have our dukes up about this shit. Right. Because on mm-hmm. the heels of all those fucking deaths and the civil rights movement and everything, everybody was very diligent and they were sharp. Motherfuckers was keen to what the fuck was going on. Then you had some relatively innocuous presidencies you know, following like even Carter played his fucking role Mm. and people want to be like Carter didn't do shit when he was in office to be quite honest with you, you did exactly what he was supposed to do. He was, he was a pacification. He was, he was there to keep us, to get us to 
again, be less sharp and let our guards down. And then when Reagan hit the ground running, he was an effective delivery mechanism because he was more of a ringmaster than he goddamn was anything. I mean, he's a, a fucking celebrity. Um, different than Trump, but still utilizing celebrity and charisma and this like, you know, uh, Mr. America kind of, uh, of aura to get things accomplished in, in the hearts and minds of Americans. But in reality, the Reagan administration had the most fucking teeth and it got the ball rolling on all the, the bullshit that we're dealing with now that was then upheld and slightly tweaked to further throw us off the track and keep us from being unified and being like, wait, this is shit. Like, this is all bullshit. Um, they figured out the tango. So so post-Reagan, they're like, all right, now, now what we're going to do is we're going to ping-pong it back and forth. But any meaningful legislation that's actually going to impact individuals long-term, let's frame it up because they're fucking stupid because our educational system doesn't teach people to be discerning consumers of information. It quantifies our ability to follow directions, if anything. Um, but, you know, you look at Clinton. Think about, think about what Bill Clinton went on Arsenio Hall and played the saxophone. Played the fucking saxophone. And I, I, bro, I remember watching it on my sister's little pink, like, 12-inch TV, one of them little box TVs with the rabbit ear antenna. I remember the night that shit fucking happened. And I remember thinking, damn, he's pretty cool for a honky from Arkansas. Like, I'm like, this motherfucker's... Like, I I was a little kid and didn't have any dog in any fight politically. But Mm -hmm. it resonated with me to be like, hey, this motherfucker's hip, right? Meanwhile, the Clinton administration upheld and continued to pass... Well, you know, we can't just say the Clinton administration, but our entire political system during the uh, Clinton administration continued to uphold and push through legislation that further subjugated black males. Mm. Um, and and that that has been part of the fucking equation since slavery. Like we talk about the absence of the father. That's been yep. part of the equation since slavery is that understanding breaking up the fundamental elements of the family unit it's one of the first ways to chip away at people's sense of self and identity. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. That's a good one. That's true. That's very true. Um, I think we might have gotten the audio issue fixed. Steve, are you there now? Yeah, can you guys hear me? Yes, yes. Uh thank you for, for jumping on. I know you were hearing the stuff that we were uh saying in here and we were just going over back and forth on, on text on getting your stuff working. But before we go further, I want you to talk about, uh, obviously you've heard the, some of the stuff that we were saying, but do a quick intro, just political intro for yourself, and then we'll continue with our conversation. Then you can just jump in, and uh, I'd like to circle back to the, to the election and uh, kind of get your feel on that stuff as well. So just a quick intro, and then we'll start going, okay? Yeah, man. Uh, my name's Steve Kaufman. I do a podcast, The Reality of It, me and my buddy Mike. Um, I live in Pennsylvania. My basically political views is I would say uh, pretty much a centrist. I mean, I kind of consider myself a constitutionalist, but at the same time, um, I, I tend to lean right. You know, um, I did miss a lot of what you guys were talking about. Um, sorry about that. You know, nope, I was having some fine. issues there. So, um, 
if you want to keep the conversation going so I could jump in, but you know, what else did you want to hear from me from my end? I guess. Well, you know, the beginning of our conversation, one of the things that we had said was, you know, some of the reasons for, uh, we talked a little bit about the reasons for why we, why I was sort of, at least why I was pleased with the, with the results. Um, you know, I was saying about how early or yesterday I was doing a little bit of trolling just because finally the, it felt like the the bullies got bullied, and then we also talked about how you know we made the connection with uh, the you know if we talked about the the identity of a lot of the Trump supporters right now is is almost it's no longer going to be sustainable in the next coming in the coming years, and what we wanted to figure out is like all right how do we get to the bottom of figuring a way that they can almost be included in this new direction that America is going. But then that also sparked different uh, conversation and different subjects that we, that we sort of broached in the, in the course of this episode. So obviously I know that, you know, from the episode that I, that I did with you guys on your podcast, um, you, you, you are a supporter of Trump and I wanted to sort of gauge what you thought or what you think about what is going on right now, what the, you know, the direction that we're, that we're going to be going in. Never mind the legal things that is going on. Just assume that that Biden won. I think it's it's pretty safe to say that's the direction it's going. So I just want to hear your standpoint. Well, I was actually just outside dig, digging my, uh, my my bug my bunkers for this civil war. It's about to happen. Loaded every single gun that I have. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. I, I'm on lockdown, so I don't know what you're talking. About. <laughs> I'm totally kidding, by the way, for, for the other two guys. <laughs> no, no. I, I did. I was messing with Cal. I was like, I should just like, you know, I didn't know you guys were just to be all audio. I was like, I should just have like my AR here, like loading shells and acting oh all God. crazy with a mega hat on. You know what I mean? Because that's how everybody perceives us. But, um, well, I mean, I got my AR. I like, I'm touching <laughs> it right now. Like, oh, <laughs> trust dude. me, dude. I, 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 if you go far enough left, you get your guns back, pimp. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's what I like to hear, and I I want to talk to you all day for sure. But um, honestly, this is where I I would say this was a win for democracy. You know what I mean? This was a win for America in my mind because I, I'm a glass half full thing, that type of guy. So the way I look at it is, Trump did something other Republicans couldn't do. Okay. And you can hate him for that, and I know everybody does, and I'm not going to lie. And, and, you know, in his first round in 2016, I was like, I was not about it at all. I'm like, what does this rich motherfucker going to do anything for anybody? You know what I mean? This is political BS. And, you know, you hear the chance put Hillary in jail, this, that, and the other. I'm like, yeah, he's not putting Hillary in jail, did he? No. I was like, it. and I had zero faith. And when I started sort of seeing some things happen, and just I, I, I turned off Twitter. I turned off the media. I didn't want to, uh, you know, I just wanted to look at on paper because trust me, uh, any realistic Republican that's not drinking the juice is like, please shut the fuck up. I mean, we, we all thought that, you know, um, but I've seen other Republicans sort of shift where they have sort of gained some backbones where I'm like, Ted Cruz, I always thought Ted Cruz was a bitch. You know what I mean? When I saw him on debate stage and this, that, and the other, he's grown a beard. It sort of helped him a little bit, but I was never a fan. And now I'm seeing sort of push back a little bit. And not to offend you, Chris, but I've seen a lot of people, you know, Democrats say, hey, 
we, we've got to get back to the center. And, and I think they've seen, you know, old school and, uh, you know, as you guys say, Appalachian Americans get away from this, this, this sort of rhetoric that we've seen, this cancel culture, this, I, I don't know how to say it, but I'll be blunt, pussified America. You know what I mean? Of just, oh, well, that don't offend me. That ain't, I shit on them people a whole lot. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm against pussy leftist bullshit completely. And, and, but, and not to say that, you know, socialist makes you a pussy, not by any stretch of the means. I'm talking about this cancel culture, you know, fucking let's let our kid decide at three or seven or five whether they want to be a boy or a girl. Like when I, I don't know how you guys were raised, man, but, uh, you know, I got a lot of ass whoopers growing up. You know, it wasn't I, I wasn't allowed to decide what I wanted to eat for dinner. And if it was like, hey, you know, you, you're going to eat what we made or you ain't going to eat. You know, it wasn't like, well, I made two meals. I made this for you and this for you. And mom's doing all these crazy things, you know. So it was, I guess, a little bit of tough love, if you will. And I just see the way things have shifted. And we've gotten away from some what I think is core values of family, uh, things like that. And a lot of pandering going on. A lot of pandering. You know, it's like we don't want to offend. And, and I'm seeing all these fluffy things come out that I'm like, it's not in reality. You know what I mean? Um, and at the same time, I think Republicans should learn a lesson from this. This bootstrap bullshit conversation you guys keep wanting to have, it's not working as well. You know what I mean? You'll never win a popular vote again if you don't look and address some of these real issues. And, and here's what I always say, guys. Trump was a Republican in, he was a wolf in sheep's clothing. You know what I mean? That dude wanted to run as Democrat and y'all said no. And he's like, all right, so I just got to say, I don't want to kill babies and I love Jesus. All right, bet I'm in. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it is hilarious because I, uh, that's why I was so skeptical. Cause I'm like, y'all falling hard for this dude who just said a couple words. that didn't mean shit. And I was like that. No, but part of my feeling as a person is like, judge the person off of what they do, not what they say. You know what I mean? Because I'm not going to lie, I was, I was hardcore Obama, and I, I heard a lot of rhetoric. I've seen some results, I can't lie, but I also didn't see everything I had expected. And it also took eight years to get a lot done. If you look at the uh, unemployment and what happened, he never even got the unemployment back to where it was when Bush, uh, at Bush best day or best year. You know what I'm saying? So, like, to act like you divided and conquered, like, you, bitch, you just brought us back to par. You know what I mean? We're well, not putting birdies yet. You know what I'm saying? And he had a lot to overcome. I will not take that away from him. And, yeah, like, yeah, especially a, a House and Senate control over during the, you know, was it from uh, six or from 14 to 16, there was a two-year window. First, it was, I believe it was, he had House and Senate in his first term. And then it was split, and then it, he lost both House and Senate the second term. So I, I thought it was going to be damn near impossible for him to get shit done. And then he did become the king of executive orders. But then again, when you do compare um, him to to Trump, I think Trump is, is at right now is thinking and just the is a little. He might be close to two hundred in four years, close to 200 executive orders in four years. And I think Obama was almost at 300 in eight years. So it's it's one of those things where I thought that, you know, they both kind of had to use 
that thing to get anything done. And it does leave people in a position where you're wanting to ask, just like you were saying, like, what have you really done? But what well, I want to know and, from you is what what has what do you think that that Trump has done that has and, and I'm being objective here. Obviously, it's there. People have benefited all over for for different reasons. But I want to know from you what do you think that he has done that has benefited you? And then my follow up question to that is: at what do you think the cost of that was? So I, I will answer that question, but. Mm-hmm. I, I'd want to keep going forward. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. I, Sorry. I, I, want, I want your guys' opinion on Trump before I give, uh, you know, I've, I, I, and I, this is where I feel weird because I jumped in the middle no, of a no, conversation don't. and I missed the beginning. So I don't want to make you guys digress and, and ruin the show here. But I want to hear from you guys <clears throat> before I just jump into the middle of the fire being like, oh, I love Trump because I, I don't love no. Trump. Let's just clear that up. But like, you know, what I'll ask you guys is, what are three good things? And this is what I ask, and I asked, I mentioned this to you when you were on my podcast. What are three good things you've seen Trump do? And I know I'm asking a question by, you know, an- answering a question by asking a question, but. Sure. You know. Who wants that one first? I mean. Well, I mean, to be quite honest with you, uh, if if you were to ask me that about Obama, I would be as as befuddled because. The good good is subjective, and things don't occur in a vacuum when it comes to this. And and yes. one thing that I will say is that I'm totally down with judging people based upon what they do rather than what they say. But the problem is when rhetoric has real-life implications, when there are quantifiable social issues that end up popping up that are associated directly with well, correlated with one's rhetoric. And when Trump got elected, it's funny because it's like we're we're the two sides of the same coin because when Trump got elected, me being a, a contextual socialist, contextual socialism means socialism's like, like antibiotics. It's not something you take every day like a Centrum fucking vitamin or something. You apply it whenever there's a social issue that needs to be addressed, and then you ease off of it and no longer take it whenever it's not needed. It becomes less effective. It becomes actually toxic to your system, wipes out your fucking system if it keeps going. And like you were saying, the the to put it more ter- you know tersely, the pussification of the United States. So if we're just perpetually you know, just imbibing and nothing but socialism, that's obviously a toxic thing. The same occurs with capitalism. So we really have a blended system here, and we always have to have a blended system. We, uh, you know, we ourselves as individuals are not the same entity from the beginning of this conversation to the end of this conversation. We are dynamic entities. So we have to apply the same rules a, a million fold you know, 350 million fold when you're talking about a social system. It has to be dynamic. And anybody that digs their heels in and dogmatically is like, okay, I'm this or I'm that, instead of looking at things contextually, I tend to kind of, I'm like, ah, you, you got some hangups there. Right. So, so I am a contextual socialist. Whenever, whenever Trump got elected, I thought the exact same thing as you. I was like, this motherfucker has been left of center, socially progressive for fucking ever. Like, just, I mean, 
I'm sure fiscally conservative because that's his bag. Like it's, you know, serves him well, but socially had been very liberal. And I'm like, and I saw all the, the neoliberals wailing at the goddamn sky. And I thought it was fucking funny. Like, I'm like, you bitches are overreacting like this shit. He, he in he's relatively innocuous. It's going to be fine because to be quite honest with you, and I don't know if you had jumped in at this point, I believe largely since the civil rights movement and a lot of the tumult that was associated with the civil rights movement, all the assassinations that occurred and the subsequent administrations that we had that kind of lubricated Reagan taking office because there was some toothless shit that occurred right then. Um, what do you mean? I, Connie was awesome. What are you talking about? Toothless? What, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, and that's when uh, Car- Carter <laughs> was awesome. By the way, I'm sarcastic, so don't no, take. No, no, you're fine. Carter, but but Carter was awesome in the sense that that he served the purpose potentially that he was set to serve. When you have an entire population of individuals that's on red alert, everybody's got their dukes up. Everybody's looking for issues. The status quo was pretty goddamn freaked out. I mean, yeah. again, with all the assassinations that transpired in short order, you couldn't just jump right into having a president that was kicking doors in and being like, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do that. You kind of, you lubricate it. It's just the tip at first. And then Ray, Reagan came in and got a lot of things passed through that we are now experiencing, you know, the the result of. So, Again, I digress. Whenever whenever Trump initially got fucking elected, I was like, ah, it ain't no big deal. Like, this is this is the tango. Post-Reagan, in my opinion, the status quo has just been tangoing back and forth. It's like, let's throw these gr- this group of bone. Now let's throw this group of bone. And it's been a cha-cha, like you said, that yeah. Obama barely, if any, just got us back to baseline. Exactly. After after being in a pit, and you shouldn't celebrate the what is it, the adage talking about? If you put a knife six inches in my back and only pull it out three, that's not doing me a favor, so to speak. If so I've course, you're gonna bleed out. Well, and, and but but you get my point, and 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 that tango, that back and forth, in my opinion, that's largely been this. I mean, it's it. What amounts to, we've thrown the word collusion around a whole lot over the past few years, but collusion between the the establishment Democrats and the establishment Republicans. And I'm like, fuck it. He's just going to be, he's going to end up either saying fuck all them and going AWOL, which I would kind of like to see, or he's going to fall in lockstep somehow. And he did largely fall in lockstep um, when when it came to policy. When it comes to overreaching policy, nothing that he enacted was anything particularly surprising or nefarious to me. The problem with with him, to me, and the reason why I was anti-fucking Trump was his rhetoric. Because we can say that, that what you do is more important than what you say, but what you say is action. And, and his anti-intellectualism, his anti-science rhetoric... And in, his in lightweight the, in the position of power, Chris, too. Be sure to well, yeah, make in, note of that. Well, and, and and had had the highest platform from mm-hmm. which to to spew this kind of shit. Me being the way I am, and being very again science minded, trying to be pragmatic about shit. I'm like, 
when scientific fucking American who has not endorsed a political ca- political candidate ever comes forward and is like, look, get this motherfucker out of office. I'm inclined. And again, that isn't I wasn't like, OK, scientific American. I got it. I already thought the way that I thought. But that was the canary in the coal mine as much as anything is this anti-intellectualism. No experts have any kind of sway over anything. And and I'm a skeptic, dude. I do my own fucking research, and I'm fortunate enough to have gone, you know, to a university and learned how to do research, whereas a lot of people haven't had that fucking luxury. But entirely, my reasoning for being like, fuck this dude, get this dude out of the goddamn office, ASAP, is because of his rhetoric and the way that he was manipulating human beings and and in general. So, um, hold on, man. You, you're you're covering so much stuff. I, I just want to like, what what when you say rhetoric, just be specific with me. I mean, there's that's a broad statement. I I could see what you're saying, but uh, like, what did well, you Trump, see? Well, what what I saw, what is actually quantifiable, and Kalu corrected me because mm-hmm. I said that he he speaks at a fifth grade level when actually he, he oh it's lower than that. Come on. It, it's 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 a fourth grade level. Yeah, Kalu, fourth grade level. Kalu, Kalu looked it up. Um, the, the ongoing perpetual undermining of individuals with any kind of expertise within any field. And then also on top of that, the approach to interactions with the press and don't get me wrong. I don't get my information from mainstream media, but completely and utterly undermining anyone for asking a question calling them ugly be like that was an ugly question i'm not gonna answer it sit down i'm like no no fuck this shit i'm not dealing with this bullshit anymore he was completely and utterly beyond any sort of scrutiny whatsoever and i know that that he got shit on by a lot of people and they hated on him and there was a lot of histrionics that wasn't me that wasn't me that was like the end of the world is fucking coming they're about to do this and that no, that wasn't me. My my position was entirely based upon the toxicity of his goddamn ignorant language. And I, I, I can't really, you know, I, I guess I'd have to do some research. But, I mean, to be quite honest with you, you can, you can pretty well Google several, several hours probably of him saying shit. It's like, well, you basically just shit on any notion of... Uh, somebody within this field having expertise because they don't agree with your your agenda. Okay, I wanted to to also add there, you know, when you had asked as far as his accomplishments, there there are different types of accomplishments. He, he did, you know, some would say that he's riding a wave of some of the progress, and typically a lot of presidents are riding the wave of the person before them, oh, and then the changes that they put into place aren't going to be felt into the next president. So he's riding a wave that you know, he can. He was in power when the uh, unemployment rates for uh, African Americans and Hispanics did drop. You know, and you know there was also his tax reform bill. There's different things that he did, but I've never <clears throat> once been in a position where I've had to ask myself, okay, at what cost? At what cost? Like, what did this do? And then when we sit there and we talk about the rhetoric and we talk, it's not even so much about the things that he did say. It was a lot of things that he didn't say, the opportunities that he had to have been able to do something. And I think that his biggest success, in my opinion, was that he exposed America hardcore. He absolutely exposed how much of a fucking joke our political system is. 
where a like you can say it all a talk show host or you know a, whatever the the, the reality show host a, yeah a yeah. reality show host never it doesn't matter if he had billions of dollars everyone knew that he got bankrupt a million times you know what I'm saying if you were a banker you wouldn't you wouldn't trust someone that got that went filed for bankruptcy a bunch of times you wouldn't trust someone that did some of the shit and then to see like preachers who know that he's fucked all kinds of chicks who knows that he's cheated on on his wife who knows that he's probably had an abortion or three who knows that he's done all kinds of shady stuff and to see them just rally behind them because he was just like yeah i wouldn't kill a baby or something like that that is a big fucking win and now i want to read something here for uh for you guys like and, and the biggest win here is the fact that he was able and this is this may be every president i don't know but it really falls it, it falls on how he was able to get the the party in a, a scared, a fearful lockstep, if you will. So they said that, um, you know, th this one's going to uh, take a little bit. So it says, we'll start with uh, fiscal responsibility. As recently as 10 years ago, the Republicans battered Barack Obama because of his budget deficits that were a result of George W. Bush caused recession. For decades, Republicans fought for balanced budgets. Is that still true? No. We currently have the largest deficits in the history of the country. And remember, even before COVID, Trump's budget proposal for this year included a $1 trillion deficit. Do you hear Republicans complaining? No. How about free trade? A uh, long cornerstone of the Republican philosophy. Trump has torn up trade agreements and imposed tariffs on products from our allies, not just China. Have you heard any Republican complaints about that? No. Historically, Republicans have also been wary of the Russians. Is that still true? Apparently not anymore. Not a peep from the Republicans about the coziness of Trump and Vladimir Putin. Where are they on this one? Nowhere to be seen. And then this goes with, actually, they have the exact number. So remember how Republicans have... Uh, railed against executive orders by Democratic presidents. Turns out that Trump has issued, and the exact number, I was guessing when I said like 200, the exact number is 181 of them in three years, or an average of 60 per year, while Obama had 276 in eight years for an average of 35 per year. Turn, it's turning into, they say that it's turning into Trump's favorite tool, and it's a great way for him to get around Congress and anyone else. Do you hear anything from Republicans? Says no, just silence. Like, I thought that I always would joke that the Democratic Party was a party of just appealing to everyone's feelings, and the Republican Party seemed to be more about just get just get this action done, just get something done. This is what, it, at, at least on paper, it seemed like they were more about. Not to say that I would still, uh, you know, support a lot of the stuff, but there have been times where I have supported Republican people for certain things. But the fact that he was that you can literally see these people fucking scared. Because he had such, he had done such a fantastic job with th those, uh, with his constituents. So he can literally turn, uh, turn another politician to senator. He can turn a senator's base against him instantly. That is some crazy shit. That is, in my opinion, his biz biggest success, but also his biggest failure. Because with him being gone, what you have done now Since is that lost, you've you this is you treat it like a roach infestation, you know. Win. You, if you yes. destroy the, you know, the, the main long. nest because or whatever, you just have people seen, scattering around. There's going to be a massive, massive ran, power vacuum. The There's going to be a, an ideological vacuum, you know, on the Republican the Party character of the, and the U.S. on all that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, and then you see it in record numbers. If Trump loses, 
the, that kind of stuff happening over and over and over in a time where America is changing like crazy. Another like I don't see presidency very like a very big um, at this at this at the Senate. You know, when you're talking like House and Senate races. I definitely see that becoming a thing where you'll see you'll still see some changes back and forth. But at the presidential level, I don't know if you'll see another one for a very long time, because unfortunately, people treat these elections like it's, you know, the Mets versus the Yankees or some shit and like just get as many people in there to vote for them and then they'll win. And I think that these days, more younger people are just voting blue. And uh, I think it's, it's just a cool thing to do now. I don't think it's going to be cool anymore because of the way that Trump's kind of handled things. Well, well they'll just ha- they'll have to reinvent themselves. The, the traditional me- Yeah, the traditional mechanism won't work, but I I don't I don't necessarily see that a Republican wouldn't it, depending on what transpires with the next administration. I don't I don't necessarily discount the notion that a Republican or somebody that is a Republican libertarian running on the Republican ticket wouldn't get elected to office. I, I mean, I, I think that people were just going to wait and be like, OK, we get, we got four more years and we're going to we're going to formulate. We're going to approach this differently. But you can't put somebody like Mitt Romney and as the Republican candidate and win anymore, I will agree to that. I think that the Republican Party is going to have to reinvent their approach, but I think that they're going to do it. They're going to do a good job and do it. Uh, and you think so? And to be quite, yeah. And to be quite honest with you, gentlemen, I, my stance on this is that it's it's largely a charade. The whole fucking thing is largely a goddamn farce for us. So we think that they're fighting for us when in yes. reality. Yeah, it's this it's this even flow. Again, it's like Agreed. we we're well kept pets, but we're really being held fucking hostage. And then some people develop Stockholm syndrome with their own goddamn slave masters. And it doesn't make any fucking sense to me for anybody to take a political figure, somebody who is our employee, and and lightweight worship them instead of scrutinizing them. And with James Baldwin, I often quote the the James Baldwin quote that I love the United States of America more than I do any country on the face of the earth. And for that very reason, I reserve the right to to scrutinize her relentlessly. And I think that that shit is the most patriotic way that you can approach anything, especially with your own elected official. If you cast a vote for them, it's your fucking responsibility to hold their feet to the flame. But it doesn't happen. It's treated like the Mets versus the Yankees. Like, it's it's not... (laughs) It, it really isn't a it's it's more like fantasy fucking football at this point mm-hmm. because people are so yeah. detached from actual what what legislation actually matters. They're single issue voters, most all mm-hmm. of them or or that handful of fucking issues that seem to be like the the two a shit. Look, y'all, I, it's the same same deal as when Trump got elected and people were acting like the end of the fucking world is coming. You know, I think. I don't want to speak for everyone here, but I, I feel like that everyone here is reasonable enough to make some kind of deduction that any kind of profound two a, you know, infringement is not going to transpire. That was just some some dog and pony bullshit that the the Democrats threw out to gain some neo-lib votes because people hated Biden. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, I don't know a single motherfucker that voted for Biden. That liked Biden. It wasn't about Biden. No, it was, it was just get Trump out. 
Yeah, yeah. it was. It fundamentally. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. it was for us to hit baseline again. And and that's what they're perpetually doing, man. It's like it's like this group of people takes away this group of, of these liberties. They they enact this legislation and they do it with a smile on their face. This group appeals to this group of people and then they just tango back and forth. So there's no fucking accountability. When in reality Again, all of them have way more in common with each other and ensuring each other's interests than they do with any of us on this podcast. Oh, yeah. So with what we're saying here, with there being a constant change back and forth, do you think that's why other countries don't handle elections and stuff in the same way we do and that people are in power for much longer? Is so that there's actually time to be able to enact changes or to have something that I think four years isn't enough time, in my opinion, to, to get stuff done. It just isn't. We, we, see the, we see the speed at which the government works. It's slow as hell. We see how much, how much time it takes to get certain things done. You know, he talked about uh, having this wall get done. You know, he, talked, he brought up, you know, repairing the, the water in Flint. All sort of, he he brought up uh, repairing the roads and infrastructure and all that kind of stuff. Do we have a new wall? No. Is Flint still shitty? Well, yeah. You know, so it's like I will it, say. Do it. I will say, um, to my knowledge, and this is from speaking to veterans because I work with a substantial amount of veterans in my line of work. Um, he has expanded accessibility to um, benefits for veterans. Sure in a quantifiable fashion. And mm -hmm. that's a good thing. That is that it's, it's a dope fucking thing. Trump hasn't done and and I can't even really think about it, but he has done things along the way that I'm like, well yeah, that makes sense. But where I'm at is you don't get credit for doing shit you're expected to fucking do. Mm. I mean, I I don't when I'm like, okay, yeah, that that's dope, but it doesn't change the fact that you're on TV stirring motherfuckers up and really eliciting the worst elements of human nature. Yeah, and, I lost it when he said when when it came to the the whole Proud Boys thing, the whole stand like stand down, and maybe it was just bad choice of words or something like that. But you should have had, a, and I know that we had talked earlier about like, yeah, they're not when they're they're not that harmless, but it's. It's more of the effect that they have on the people who don't fully get that. Like, I don't want people who don't fully get that to be, like, scared out of their fucking minds. And when he did that and didn't show real action, I was like, okay, that was the one chance that you had to just say something. Just just say something. You could fucking lie if you wanted to. And he just couldn't do it because it was like, it just didn't fit his image. It was like, dude, all right, you got to go. That That was the... That was a big thing. Well, well, hold on, hold on, because uh, the, the Proud Boys was originally started as like a don't say it, don't positive say it. thing. I'm gonna say it. That was <laughs> overtaken by a bunch of fucktards. You know what I mean? So much that there was it. Who was the originator? Oh, who God. was like uh, the guy that had the dildo in his ass on the podcast and stuff? The, yeah. with the curly mustache and, and shit. And he jumped ship. Gavin and, and, there, thank you, McGinnis. And now they brought in this new guy, and they're trying to quote unquote redefine and, and kick out all the Nazis and blah blah yeah. blah. Let, let's be honest. The same way the fucking white suburb kids hijacked BLM. Okay, mm -hmm. Who, who's doing all the the burning? Suburb kids with pink fucking hair and, and all this shit, and they claim social justice. You know what I mean? Like, 
good things get hijacked for a bad cause. So you guys can hate me for saying that. And <laughs> no. I'm not a Proud Boys enthused. I will not defend them. I think that's where Trump was like, eh, the kind of like the same way we saw in the same fucking debate. Hey, say say no to Antifa. And he's like, um, don't burn buildings down on, on the Biden side. You know what I mean? We all heard that, right? It, it, he didn't want to lose a crowd here and he didn't want to lose a crowd here. But at the same time, there's highlight reel after highlight reel after highlight reel of them asking Trump this same fucking question. And he's fuck Nazis. Fuck, fuck KK. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say now? What do you want me to say now? What do you want me to say now? Literally in the last, what was his last town hall thing? They're like, and it, first question, white supremacy. He's like, are you serious? You're asking me this again. Guys, I can YouTube it. Trump, blah, 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 compilation. And it's over and over and over and over. He says it. And the one time where he fucked up, because he's a he's terrible orator. He sucks at speaking. I mean, the, you, you clearly have a guy who is used to selling gold curtain rod hotel shit. It's fantastic. Fantastically great. It's everything's fantastically, beautifully great. And you hear what he says, and you're like, oh my God, if this dude says fantastic and beautiful and amazing one more time, I'm going to reach through the screen and beat the piss out of him. Because he sucks at it. He he sucks at it. And, and like, I worked in the corporate world for a while, and those guys I call them fart sniffers, because mm. all it, it, I don't know if you guys follow South Park. I'm still immature. I, I haven't watched in a long time, but I did for a while. You, you know the dudes where they fart in the glass and they smell. Uh, yeah, uh, like well, okay. two two yeah. of us are 15 years old. Kalu <laughs> tries to be an adult, but. Oh yeah. my God! Me and Chris are children playing in the yeah. woods. So oh, you're, you're in good man, children, dog. We <laughs> on the same page, then, right? And, yeah. and that—that is Trump. Now, I—I I don't want to derail this, but I want to ask you guys each of individual questions because, um, I want to get back to the rhetoric piece and, and <laughs> why I, I think we had the outcome we had. So, like, w- what are you guys? What what's your degrees in? What what do you what do you you know what do you do? And I don't I don't mean to. Oh. I know your audience knows that, but I, I I'm going a place with this. I promise. Well, undergrad in applied sociology and data analysis, uh, double major with uh, abnormal psychology, and then graduate school for sociology and advanced data analysis. All right. I was a social major, but I'm in tech. So I've always been in tech. So that's my thing. So there's two sociology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple IT degrees, programming, networking, tech. And, and then I'm I, I work in community mental health now. But yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay, so I was a kinesiology major. I dropped out my senior year of college. I kind of regret it. I kind of don't because I make a fuck ton more money doing what I do now versus if I would have graduated. And knowing what I would have actually, because I wanted to do a emphasis on PT. And as you guys, I know some of you lift. The reason I never got into like, I I really want to work for a sports team, but the reason I didn't want to do training is because everybody just thinks, it, it's easy, this, that, and the other, but they don't they don't really want to put in the work. You know what I mean? And it just it just anyway, I'm going on a tangent with that, but we'll talk about that another time. No, I get it. No, I understand. Yeah. Every I, I had this time where I was checking out in Walmart. I just left the gym. I was all, you know, pumped. 
this and the other. I'm, I'm checking out with steaks, steaks, steaks. And these dudes behind me, they had the protein shakes, the nitro. They had every supplement from the, from the aisle. And I'm like, you boys just need some food. But anyway, I, I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> My point is I got a buddy who has a master's degree. And again, I'm a college dropout. And he actually works in, uh, with um, veterans. He's, he's the Virginia State something regional blah 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 fancy title you know how millennials we all give ourselves these titles that mean nothing um and he he always thinks that i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about because i'm a college dropout Mm -hmm. and i i always love to just bend him over my knee and whoop his ass and then he comes back to reality and meets me in the middle you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and where you where you saw what happened with a lot of these people that aren't in academia, you know, who say, oh, fuck the science, right? What'd you have at the end of the Bush administration as to why Obama got elected? You had, everybody was so tired of justification of quantify, but dip it there, and I'm going to say a bunch of dumb shit. And everybody's like, oh my God, these Republicans, we're tired of this. We're tired of this. We want someone smart. So we got Mr. Articulate in there, right? Obama, that guy could say anything, and it sounded good. Just with them little pauses, uh, you know what I mean? We're all like, oh, man, it sounds like Jesus is speaking right now. Oh, it's amazing, you know? That dude could do no wrong. And if he did, you know, he even had, like, the one thing that Republicans were never good at was being fucking cool. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It, it was, and it all started, in my opinion, with JFK. Clinton copied JFK. And Obama was just, oh, look, this guy shoots three-pointers. You know, Bill Clinton, I was like, oh, this guy, he's McDonald's, McDonald's French fries and plays a saxophone, right? And, Chris, I heard you say this in, in uh, one, of the, one of the podcasts you guys did. Um, the Appalachian people felt like they got left behind, and they fucking did. And they did because I, I, I travel all around, right, with my job, and I see – these towns where manufacturing was shipped overseas because of some shit politicians did, right? Some shit politicians where they're like, oh, this this corporate income tax. And, and I'm a big, you know, I come from a family of small business. Business is my game, right? And and, and they're like, oh, well, Harley-Davidson pensions, all of a sudden the pensions are gone. All of a sudden this, this factory is just gutted and this town is just dead because – an American-made product is now made in fucking Vietnam, okay? And you see this happening small town to small town to small town. You can see it in Pittsburgh. You can see it here in a, in a coal mine uh, town in Pennsylvania where it just looks like all they do is make fucking meth all day. And it's like, oh, what's going on with these people? And, and there's this consensus that like in this feeling that Republicans just don't believe in science and – I love science. You know, I love peer reviews, but I also know there's a lot of horseshit in that too. And, and, and I think if people can't realize that, I mean, you guys, I don't know if you guys listen to Joe Rogan, but you hear the guy who made up those like 12 BS peer reviews about the dog humping in the park. And it was like all like, he just made it up and they like put him up for an award. And he's like, bro, that was all fake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, and the other thing is how these universities Get their funding. You know, if you look at like uh, Thon, for example, that's a pure business. You think they're ever going to find the cure for business or cure for cancer? I, I doubt it. 
A lot of people lose their jobs. That's a money-making machine. It shouldn't be. It's fucked up that it is. I promise you. Just like Chris Rock said, the money not in the cure. You know what I mean? It's in the medicine. They want to keep you on that shit. And I apologize. I feel like I'm going down a rabbit hole with this shit. That's an uncanny Chris Rock impersonation. (laughs) I'm sorry. But... um, my, my point is, is like these people, what is it? Al Gore said by 20 something, 2020 or 2013, the whole world will be underwater by now. I mean, you can Google how many times science, predi- science prediction has been wrong in the past. Now, I can get COVID is a whole different thing, but the way we looked at mortality rates and all this, that, and the other. But my point is, is these people saw articulate with, with Obama and they wanted something that wasn't political. And Trump wasn't a politician. When you see these, remember when Hillary Hillary Clinton went to that like southern town? And all of a sudden, when she got to that town, she's like, start sitting there talking with twang. She's sitting there talking with twang, and you're like, that's not your voice. Or, or we saw who was it? The uh, the last uh, guy who went up against uh, shit, um, Bush, and, it, and then everybody's like, oh, he's gonna take your guns, and then he goes out like. You know, like a pheasant hunting the next day, and you're like, he, 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 the way he's holding a gun, you're like you don't hunt. You know you're what I mean? Or, gore? No, uh, it was it was the second. Oh, oh, uh, uh, he, John Kerry. He looked like John Herman Kerry, Monst- yeah. Monster or something. Yeah, yeah, long ass chin, motherfucker. All right, so he goes out there and walks to. Oh no, I'm a hunting guy. You know, and then. It's like, oh, we're going to a, we're going to a, like a, this town and they put on the cat caterpillar hat and a flannel and like, I'm part of you. People smell the fuck out of that. You know what Trump didn't do? None of that shit. He's like, I'm orange face, bitch, motherfucker. I got money, this, that, and the other. I'm here. What you want? You know what I mean? And, And he was raw and people can, I'm a sales guy. People can smell, they smell it on you. They smell your fucking bullshit. You know what I mean? And Reading people, once you do it a lot, is easy to do. Do you and think I, that because people could, people were so satisfied with um, not being bullshitted in one way that they were just accepted? Yeah, they're accepted of him not doing much for, for them after that. I think, I think uh, people were accepting of the rhetoric because they were tired of the PC culture. They yeah. were tired of bending the knee to. Oh, we have to, you know, we're not allowed to say this. We're not allowed to do this. And, and it yeah. was, we had so much political correctness under Obama and all these Appalachian people saw very little result. They saw more and more shit go overseas. And if you guys know much about tariffs, when tariffs are not, if they're lifted from incoming products, it, you know, tariffs have been a thing to help the United States compete. Yeah, yeah okay. let's, stay, let's stay on that per- perception, if you don't mind, then. What, what, why is it that, why is it that we put so much, um, so much importance on that? It sounds just like what happened in the town I live in in Nashville, where everyone was fighting, fighting, fighting for freedoms and rights to go out. Right. Right. And I'm, I've got mixed feelings on COVID, too. I think half the shit's um, uh, exploit, exploitation that you always use any real exactly. or perceived or not so real crisis to to run exercises on what they can make society do. You know, I feel like that about a lot of things. Yeah, it's a thing, but it may not be as big as a thing, but they have to make it a big thing to see if they can exercise controlling people and getting people to behave. You know, I won't get into that, but I found it so interesting that people were um, in the same way. They were so interested in seeing PC culture in. Are we, is that it? Is that as mature as we are? Is that where we at? 
as as a as a society, you got the right to say foul shit. Is I mean, we're in big trouble. I'm asking, like, I keep hearing people articulate that as as a virtue for supporting Trump, but then it just ends right there. Okay, so that's it. So you can in my town, it was in the town I live in. People were wanting their freedoms to go out and do more things, but all they wanted to go out and do was indulge and consume. And go downtown in Broadway and look at each other with masks on and get sick. It was bizarre how 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 much we acted like rats in a cage and we just wanted to run the maze. Not even considering maybe the maze ain't good for you anyway. No one ever do, took to do anything wholesome or regenerative or reparative. They only had regressive behaviors and they were fighting for those behaviors. So Trump did nothing for any of the constituents that represented him or that supported him, except for make them feel a little bit better for far as I can see about their identity. And I just find that so bizarre. Like, is that it? They, no one ever held him to say, you know, tackle the opioid crisis, which, which is affecting more of a specific demographic than anyone else. People in, in uh, poor rural areas are having problems with opioid addiction and methamphetamine and stuff like that. And he could go after that. And there's no downside to going after that. Maybe he knew that it's a big fight with pharmaceuticals to do that, but he didn't even talk about, he didn't even have rhetoric about that. What would it have hurt just to talk shit like he was going to do it and still get the credit and points for it. It's so baffling to me how ineffectual, he he was that it, well, and it leaves me and it leaves a, me thinking that it's got to be all bullshit. Well, and and we even parsed it out to a degree when we talked about the support for Obama and how Obama was elected, yeah. and then and then what yeah. he did did or didn't do for the black community as well. Well, ask right. Kalu how me and him got ran out of WKU in the first yeah, year. It was exactly yeah, we, this time of yeah. year in two thousand what eight Kalu yeah. or yeah. When up I'm include drag like as you drag me up to Western, I'm gonna get I'm a sick mark on these these this form, some form about I don't know what it is. It's a form of probably some um um black group on campus anyway. Mm-hmm. A nice amount of people, hundred or so people. Remember that, Kalu? Yeah, I remember. Remember remember what I said? And you Why'd remember you right now. Because black people didn't want to hear that, hey, here's an opportunity to press this guy. You can't tell me that it just ends with his swagger and that he walks cool. And he ain't really cool like that when measured against really, really cool black guy. He ain't, he's kind of no, he he's kind he of wears square. mom jeans and like, yeah, he like ain't that kind of new cool. balances and shit. Who was, was the like, guy? Yeah, uh, Barack Obama. Barack Obama. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. I'm saying y'all fought, y'all call that cool? Golly. Like they were so happy to have that fake superficial representation that they didn't want to take advantage of what might have been an opportunity to have some real political progression happening in our country through, through the perspective of, you know, that our particular group it was you know, going to help every, what's good for everybody is good for everybody. We're, we're one country, you know, but we had an opportunity unlike any other. And the same thing happened. The same thing happened. People were just mad that I didn't want to gleefully celebrate whatever it was they were celebrating, his waves or something, his hair. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, it, dude ain't said shit. And Kalu was sitting there right by me. And those freshmen, those sophomores were up talking about, they were talking about the Green Berets and all this started evoking civil rights stuff. I was like, Obama doesn't come from that tradition. Not Obama's, at all. 
Obama comes from a whole nother line. He was uh, what do you call like like groomed? Mm-hmm. Like he he didn't come from. Oh like, yeah, it was bizarre, man. I didn't know what to think of it, except for that maybe it's all bullshit. I'll, I'll be quiet for a moment. Well, and, and no, that was awesome. And let, well, and let me play devil's advocate too, because like, and this this very well may be semantic, but I I think a lot of the the allure people talk about with Trump not being a politician, if you look at the behaviors, like. Remove any kind of like preconceived notions and monikers that are associated with it. How these individuals navigate their particular social landscapes. I would argue that Donald Trump is more of a politician than a whole lot of people that have been elected to the office of, of president just by virtue of his dealings with with vast, you know, I, I guess a big range of constituents and having to finagle and, 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 and kind of, you know, uh, shake hands and kiss babies. But in a different sense, he wasn't a career politician. But mm-hmm. it, but if I if I were to sit W and Trump next to each other and and think about them in terms of their chops as a politician, Trump, oh, like, very good point. like yeah. 20 times Trump, over, W Trump was like a, a failed – yeah, yeah. A, a W was just a he just want to draw pictures, y'all. Like yeah. he wanted to paint. I've, I've, I've said it before. It's it's half paraphrasing someone else that paraphrasing someone else that said it much better, but it was so so tr- it rang so true to me though. But I, I I have a sort of empathy, or I guess that's the word for Bush, because he clearly was was tapped on the shoulder by his dad, like, hey, I need you to finish some family work. But he was yeah. a rich yeah. kid. Born into yep. the bushes that was not interested. He's an old ranch boy that wants to eat nachos and drink beers with Mexicans in Texas. You're and right. Sit back and I would and you could tell. Him. Yeah, yeah, I you could. I would him. too. You could tell he's a cool old country boy, like like a Texas boy. I lived in Houston. But he was like stuck. A lot of down there. He was stuck. He's stuck. Stuck yeah, in that system. That family. And, yeah. And, and, and gentlemen, and gentlemen, part of the fucking problem is perspective. And and we we can't paint these people as evil because in their minds what they're doing is their reality. Yes. They feel like it's yeah. their obligation to rein us in, to yes. rein the population yes. in. That's their reality. So it serves us no purpose to paint them as evil, but we still have to address the fallout from you know what these fucking vampires and succubi are doing to our nation. And and they're doing it from lots of different fucking angles. They're doing it from the PC angle, which I on this podcast, I'm sure you've listened to it enough to deduce that we're anti PC culture. And and it, I think that's, 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 that's the only reason they, I'm here. Because if y'all bitches, I'd be like, fuck these guys. <laughs> I go no, there ain't no bitches in all blood. We we're all about free expression. And like Dave Chappelle, for example, talking about, uh, he said, you all fight about race. He was like, I uh, us comedians. He said, I, I will see a comedian get up there and say some racist shit and I'll be like, oh, I know that motherfucker means that. And then he'll get off stage and I know he's a racist motherfucker in, in many capacities, but then we have a beer and we communicate honestly about things. And, and I think being a realist and not allowing pathos to kick in is the key to all of this shit. And also, and, and we've gone real tangential to the anti-intellectualism talk, but I think with me specifically, I can't speak for anybody else because really 
I don't feel like I identify politically with hardly anybody on the left. Like, really, I mean, there's a rare, and again, my, my views shift. I'm not going to say I'm this way. In a perfect world, I would be a fucking libertarian, but the world ain't perfect. And I got a front row seat to that shit. Like, that's what I do for a living. So obviously I'm like, you know, we, we need to remedy some of these social issues. Where is the leak at? Where is the fucking leak? And then you start kind of reverse engineering your way up through the system. And you're like, okay, police enforce X, Y, and Z. We have a retribution-based legal system, a punitive legal system, instead of a rehabilitation-based legal system. Okay, well, a modern society should, by all metrics, ethically, gear itself towards a rehabilitation-based system, if at all possible, if it has the interests of its citizens in mind. But we yes. don't. And unfortunately, and I, and I have no problem with capitalism. I'm a small business owner, and I make guap doing my... I don't make shit as a civil servant, bro. Like, no, I, I sleep... I, 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 I sleep good. <laughs> I guarantee you don't, man. I know. I don't like make, a dick. I, I, no, I, and it, it, it don't, but I get a lot out of it. I tell you that. Uh, exactly. I get a fulfillment. As a, as a human, yes, as a human being, I'm like, oh, I'm boots on the ground. I see what the fuck is up. And, and, and it, it, it affords me clarity, I feel like. But I make way more with, with the little business that I fucking started. So, I, look, bro, I, I, I did capitalism, but capitalism can't be the whole cake. You know, we, we oh, got to no, have, I, I, you know, we, a blended yes. system, uh, you know, socialism where it's applicable and and capitalism where it's applicable. But I think when when we talk about Trump and his rhetoric versus the dumbassery of W, I think we were looking at at things much more superficial. I think we had the luxury then as a population of looking at things of damn this dude gets on my nerves. Let me tell you, I I have never looked back. And I'm not the kind that gets fucking stirred up by politically incorrection or anything, but I've never looked back and been like, damn, George A George W was a likable motherfucker, especially compared to the shit that we got going on right For now. Sure. For sure. Um and 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 Obama, I was very critical of Obama, much like Mark and Kalu. Like we mm -hmm. we appreciate you can't help but appreciate certain elements of of his the way he carried himself and the way he made us look on a national uh, on a international stage more so. Yes. You can't help but appreciate that. But at the end of the day, he was a fucking centrist on a lot of shit and he was a yes. war hawk murdering motherfucker as far as an administration is concerned mm -hmm. then we get trump in who has largely and 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 we can speculate as to the reason he hasn't been involved in as much military engagement overall actively as the obama administration or the or the administration before that yeah, but, he hasn't uh, done much of that at all. No, he hasn't. And 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 we can speculate as to the reasons for that, you know. But uh I, I think that the rhetoric this time, the dumbassery this time, it was less it's not innocuous. W's mm -hmm. stupidity was almost likable. It made you be he, like it was, it Damn. Was yeah, and like Joe yeah. Rogan said to to what uh Steven uh, mentioned like it, I didn't think it could get worse. Joe Rogan has a really good joke about that, but like I didn't think it could get worse, and I, I would much rather have Bush, you know. Oh, I and, don't. And, 
and it just and again, this is just very much my opinion and nails on a chalkboard kind of shit. It got to a point where I was like, this is poisonous. Like even if children were in the room walking around, developing, listening, uh, patterns of talk, uh, thought and, and, and language, all that shit that you just kind of diffuse secondhand, even just that stuff, those thoughts, I was like, Hmm, this is a particularly poisonous version of communication from the highest office in yeah. our fucking country. And that's the reason why I was so adamant about, look, let's, let's, let's get this out of here and see what we're working with. Cause this motherfucker is he's bombarding us and he was fantastic at us. He kept us constantly reacting. So we didn't have any chance to really assess anything objectively. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the man would make outlandish claims, you know, he would make outlandish claims and then his PR department would be yeah, like, well, I he know. didn't mean that. And yeah, and, Pence and, would have and, to smooth and, it over. Well, and again, and, and don't get me wrong. He's not different in his lack of accountability. He's different in the transparency of his lack of accountability and that transparency yeah, with a lack that. of accountability that permeates society. And I'm not saying that a slow, painful death by virtue of a slave master that smiles and tells us everything's going to be okay is a preferable fucking thing. I can't say that, but I can say what, what just happened, man, that shit made my stomach hurt for fucking four years almost. At first it didn't. I was like, ah, y'all are tripping. Trump ain't, Trump ain't going to be too terribly different from Obama. It's going to be fine. And then every goddamn day he's saying the dumbest shit that I've ever fucking heard in my entire life. Listen, I, I would say to, to that, I 100% agree with you. And, and again, Joe Biden didn't win this election. Trump lost this election. He lost for himself. If that, if that oh, dumb yeah. motherfucker could, even with COVID, because you, you heard Biden's plan of COVID. I'm like, wow, that sounds exactly what Trump's plan. And then he comes out and act like, it. oh, if I was president, 230,000 people would still be alive. Poor shit. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's worldwide. Who fucking believes that? And, and every place that locked down hard as shit and masked up like motherfuckers, guess what? They're, hit, they're getting hit hard again. You know what I mean? And when you even saw the same thing, if you want to go back to science, it's like, Look, I, I, I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not, but I know how to read a fucking study and see conclusions and results. And when you go on Google and this when, when shit first hit the fan, I'm looking into masks. If you wanted to see any study and there was one done by, it was like N- Nebraska university, you had to go to fucking page six of Google. So to say the consensus was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is, this is pro. And if you said anything against the mask, shame, banned, boom, pulled off Twitter, pulled off Facebook, that done. And listen, I'm not going to say there aren't crazies that said, all, you know, there's all kinds of crazies on both sides if you ask me. But if you don't tell a certain line, you you just get kicked off. The, like, the idea of democracy is balance. This is how this shit works. And I will agree with you, pure capitalism fucking blows. But I'll also say pure socialism bro- blows. I come from – I love martial arts, man. And, and mixed martial arts is a thing because we realize, okay, we can take a good thing from this and a good thing from that and a good thing from that and make one badass system. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and, and you need it all. You need the you whole need balance because you don't know what's coming. Exactly. 
And that's what I'm all about that. I don't give a fuck. Let's let's steer the best of the best ideas. But I don't like how we this and is where a lot of the people who still pushed for Trump is when dude, listen, the way you saw the media, Trump could do no good. You, you, who heard anything about the fucking peace deals in the Middle East? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. Um the you guys know about the Buy America Act? Do you know anything about that? The Buy America Act? Yeah. Was that his push to get things uh, created here and stuff like that? Basically, so it was yeah. like if, if you saw with Pittsburgh, okay, mm-hmm. and what happened to the town of Pittsburgh is steel manufacturing went over to China because it was just so much cheaper to produce. Mm-hmm. So that fucking place was a shithole for years. It, it's, it's slowly coming back because it resorted to other things, but obviously that's why you have the Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. and Senate. Okay, so with the Buy America Steel Act, it was any DOT or government projects you had to have you know, everything from the made, manufactured, and the actual raw product from the United States. Now, mind you, that's something that Obama started, mm-hmm. but he didn't want to enact it. So this is, and this is what's, he was like, nope, we're doing this. And then what happened? The, the media fucking crushed him. Oh, all these small businesses are failing because of what he's doing here with tariffs and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, no, no. We have to go through this pain period for a long game. You know what I mean? Because... So, and I'm not going to say every job is good, but like machinists, these these types of jobs that, you know, that's where when I say make America great again, that look that he didn't invent that fucking term. That's where it started with Reagan. Clinton used it. And then the same way you can see those highlights of like Obama saying the same exact shit Trump saying and they act like Jesus Christ up against Satan. You know what I mean? And I'm like he said the same shit. He's doing the same shit. Like, Again. You, uh, yeah. Like, it, it's not like this is a new invention of make America great again. You just don't like the way he fucking says it and the branding of the red hat. And what's hilarious is I live, again, in, in Podunk, Pennsylvania. It's not that bad. I'm right outside of Harrisburg, if I'm honest. But when I went to Election Day, I saw that line of people. I know every single one of them motherfuckers were voting for Trump. I did not see one. Not one goddamn mega hat. Because you know why? These people know what that mega hat represents, and they don't want any part of it. And they're redneck, dumbass motherfuckers. I know. I've seen them. You know, missing teeth and shit, and I'm like, ugh, man. I know you don't make no money. Like, oof, they're poor. Like, but they didn't have a mega hat on. None of them had it. They don't want anything to do with the mega hat. They just want to be like, I see this happening. I see this happening. You know what I mean? Oh. When Clinton was running against the, uh, against Trump, there was this uh, feeling of dissatisfaction with the options. So such a strong feeling of dissatisfaction that there was a lot of third party energy. Yes, and um, I was really excited about that. Where Green did that party. go? Yeah, where did that go this time? Did, well, didn't did you, didn't you hear? Tricked? Didn't you hear how some states weren't letting the Green Party on their fucking ballot because it would take away from the uh, Democrats? Right. See, I want Republicans. Oh, no, no, no. no. Like, that's libertarians. Libertarians yeah, li- all day. Yeah, libertarians. We would definitely, and especially in Georgia, yeah. there are around sixty thousand libertarian uh, votes there that most certainly took away from both of them. Because you can look at Pennsylvania, and I know a lot of libertarians. I have them in my family, um, and it, w- it was over a million something that he got. I think I, I believe you can. You're welcome. But, um, you know, the point being is these people didn't back the rhetoric. They didn't 
back what he was saying. They didn't agree with, oh, shit, Trump tweeted again. Like, uh, you know what I mean? They disagreed with all of that. They just saw what he was trying to do for the long game of, of, hey, bring jobs back. Do this. And, and everybody, I always hear the other arguments like, he didn't bring nothing back. Bitch, you think he's going to bring back jobs in four years? Like, you know what I mean? And Harley well, Davidson, prime example. It's that actually interesting you said that. You said that you think he's going to bring stuff back in four years. And, and, and we sit there and listen to him talk about these successes that he brought. Everyone with a brain, unfortunately, that doesn't count for a lot of people, understands that the changes that a president makes or the successes that a president has largely is because of one before him. So hearing you say that, you know, nothing gets done in four years. When people say, what the hell has Obama done? That's the shit in some cases that Trump is celebrating right now. Right. Well, so like to to that point, though, like a, a big thing, though, too, was like with this this corporate tax cut, we have the highest fucking t- corporate tax anywhere in the world by a fuck ton. I, I think the last time I checked, it was like 12 points. Mm-hmm. Um, it might even been higher, but we were still we're still up there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, OK, if you can take your shit to China, have it made in a sweatshop and for pennies on the dollar and ship it back, you'll make a fuck ton more of a profit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Then you will making it here. Why would you not do that? And you know what's funny? I hear all these left wings or the Democrats say like, oh, I want to pump that. And then they go and buy a brand new fucking pair of Nikes. Mm-hmm. Bitch, you have no moral ground to stand on because you sit there and claim all of these fucking things, but then you you give right into it. Oh, Jeff Pezos didn't pay, you know, blah, 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 taxes. But I'm a, I got Amazon Prime. I will say I've never I will say I've never ordered anything off of Amazon. I'm not saying that I wouldn't if I had to, but I had oh, never listen, done it. The Amazon guy, I know both of them personally. They are at my house every day because time is money and I ain't driving nowhere to just get <laughs> deodorant. You know what I mean? <laughs> I fu- I fuck with eBay real heavy. eBay, I love be, eBay eBay does me right and I feel like I'm dealing with a human being. Like I'm all about the barter system and mechanical solidarity. I agree. I like I, I I'm not going to lie. I buy everything off of eBay and Amazon. And, and That's good. I get a shit ton of shit from people on it. And I'm like, you know, I I feel one way or another about Bezos. But, hey, nobody's stopping another company from being like, you know, we should do the same thing. But at the same time, where I say capitalism is bad, you know, they have the fucking game Monopoly for a reason, right? You know, yeah, I'll just teach us how it worked. Right. You know, it's like, hey, the guy at the top, he's going to kind of win, you know. So that's where I think we, to win. We, so we need like a we need like a new bull moose party to come through and and fuck shit up. What we really need is for the people to actually hold that law of monopoly and split these bitches up. I mean, we saw it happen once with AT and T, right? Why has it never happened with the Comcast? You know, now we we finally Dude. had Dish. Dish didn't compete. That was shit. You know what I mean? Lose your signal anytime it's fucking raining outside. Just and it, it would get, be foggy, and you would lose that shit. You know what I mean? And then now we're si- finally seeing this Verizon FiOS come up. But you know what I mean? That shit should have been split up for a long time ago. You know? Well, I think by and large, politics is a game that's being presented to us by corporate interests so that we can be entertained while they rape yeah. and pillage and do whatever the fuck they want to. And yeah. I'm not saying like. So- What's the action? For What's example, the ground level action then? Knowing well, what that, knowing that. Well, f- for example, this is, and this is not. 
and I hate this statement. I fucking hate it because it's overused like a motherfucker, but it is what it is. Whenever a large business corporate entity moves into a municipality, a lot of times part of that agreement is that they are subsidized tax-wise, obviously, to set up shop in that municipality. In return, they attract business to the municipality and create jobs for the municipality. Um, having an Amazon warehouse in your city, for example, some, yes. something like that. Um, the problem is uh, that, and, and I don't know how to fucking solve it because they also hold us hostage. I'm, I am well-educated enough. Like, you know, I'm on paper. I'm well-educated. Uh, and my pay is not commensurate with either my or education nor my expertise and experience in the field, but they hold people like me hostage and try to use the cats that make, you know, 15 to $22 an hour in their, you know, civil service gig as we're used as an example as to why they shouldn't raise a minimum wage. They'll say, well, if you raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour, like what the fuck are you going to do about like EMTs, law enforcement, all of that? And in reality, and we already agreed upon this, and I think everybody's already agreed upon this, people to get their hands dirty and have gone to school and done the research and know what the fuck they're doing and are dealing with some of the harshest elements of our society. And I'm a big advocate for law enforcement. I, I'm related to law enforcement. Um, I'm, I have some of my dearest friends are law enforcement, but I'm about having fewer and I'm, ha I'm about having better. And I'm about paying these motherfuckers six figures and really just making them the baddest motherfuckers there are. They're basically like well-trained fucking like, you know, psychologist in a sense, fucking deadly killing machine in another motherfucking sense. But you, we aren't receiving. We are also held fucking hostage. Police and this whole thing with uh, defund, defund the police, okay? Police are, and we've referenced it numerous times, truth and reconciliation like in, it, with uh, apartheid, that police, even though they are enforcers of a subjugative system, are undeniably victims in this whole scenario as well. They are underpaid, overworked, and subjugated uh, and, and subjected to some of the, the shittiest things that a human being should have to go through. Like going, going in on a Wednesday and seeing human brains splattered on the back of the fucking wall isn't just some regular like $18 yeah. an hour shit, gentlemen. Hell no. It's just fucking not. So mm -hmm. they scrape the bottom of the goddamn barrel for wannabe fucking cowboys that are that that they don't give you know yep. they can be cannon fodder yep. they can go a while out and then they also stir us up so there's this divisiveness between us and enforcers of a subjugative fucking system people that otherwise would would be called to be law enforcement choose not to be law enforcement because they can make more money selling houses or you know in the corporate world or whatever. And we need to incentivize these, these really dope ass fucking positions that people have to invest their souls into to get done that are important. We have to incentivize those in such a way that it's important to get the right folks. 
And and I know I've gone on a big diatribe about it, but it's people say the system's broken. And that is the biggest bait and switch bullshit there ever was. The system functions exactly how it's fucking supposed to. And it functions yeah. amazingly well. It's dynamic and, I think and you it call adapts. It broken. You call it broken because you realize how fucking far down the totem pole you are. That's what we have this crazy sense of self and we think that we're so goddamn important. And then we realize when we catch wind of the system that we're actually not that important, then we call it broken. Those with that real awareness, no, it's they, they understand that it's it's working exactly how it's supposed to. Well, and 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 that's the thing is that there's an even flow to it. Again, like the system that I stand to benefit from, that we're all goddamn guilty. Everybody here's guilty. We don't we don't just by existing we're putting other living things at risk. We just are. And that's that's the reality of existing is being selfish and understanding where the fucking line is and how much you got to give back and where to give back and what's ethical and wasn't what isn't fucking ethical because otherwise they get us tangled up in all this convoluted, unnecessary bullshit. Yes. And, and, and you know what? And we feel good about it because you know what? We got to, we got to work our brains out. Like yep. we also, yep. you know, me and Kalu lift weights as well. And, and, and that's a thing in and of itself, but doing this satisfies something similar from a neurotransmitter kind of standpoint. Uh, it does. Yeah. I've said the same thing that, you know, in, in podcasting, I feel hard for it because one, it forced myself to educate myself deeper in different things. And I heard an awesome, uh, quote today and I'm, I'm going to botch this, but it said, uh, don't let school get in the way of your education. Mm -hmm. And something that I learned real quick in school was I literally, again, I was a kinesiology major. I walked from one fucking class. They told me one thing to the next, the very next class. They contradicted everything I learned in the previous class. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because yeah. I was still on this ignorant idea of like, oh, this is a one size fits all. We facts is facts, and you know I was young at that point, but you know what I mean. That's when my eyes were open to like, I, I, I'm I'm now more objective. I, I'm not like, oh no no, I got it right. You're wrong, and and that's where I think this whole left and right divide thing comes where where I'm just fucking over it because. When you see Trump say something and the left, it's exactly what Obama said. And the left's like, ah, you know what I mean? It's like just mm -hmm. because it came out of Trump's mouth, you want to fucking disagree with it. And that's why I started this off by saying, OK, can you guys tell me three things Trump has done good? Because a lot of people who are anti-Trump can't do it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. bro, you, if you can only focus on one motherfucking thing, that's on you. You know what I mean? If, if you can't get past it, it, you know, the big mole on someone's face. That's on you. You know what I mean? I, 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 <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, I apologize if one of you guys have a big morning face. I didn't mean nothing by it. But <laughs> I'm kidding. He's laughing too hard. No, I am just think Big Moles is funny. Guacamole. <laughs> Make it guacamole. But I'm just trying to say, look, you, we got to see past the simple shit. And you know where I agreed with Bernie Sanders? We got to get this fucking money out of politics. And you know who said it best? Fucking Robin Williams. 
These bitches should come out like they are fucking NASCAR drivers with patches all over their fucking shit as to who sponsored them so we know why they're voting that way. You want to <laughs> sit here and talk about this bullshit new green deal of like, oh, well, $15 an hour wage, like blah, 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 blah. But if you don't agree with it, you hate the environment. Or we saw the Republicans do it with the Patriot Act. It's like, oh, hey, blah, blah, blah. We're going to listen to all your cell phone calls, by the way. But hey, if you don't agree, you're not a patriot. You know what I mean? And we use these awesome terms like Black Lives Matters and 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 coy that to mean all these other things. But you can't disagree because if you do, you're racist. It's like, OK, I definitely agree with the, the, the phrase. Do I agree with some of the other things that I see on their website and what they're 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 pulling for? Not necessarily, but that's yeah. – you know what I mean? We take away from these core issues, and then when you see who they're do donating to and then blue dot and un uh, funneling all that fucking money, you know what I mean? And then and, and here we are back to this – oh, the, the, I always say the, the coy of like – and it's an old redone term, but like I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democrat Party left me. You know, It was all about supposed to be the little guy, and that little guy turned into the very little guy, not the middle class. And they always say, we're going after this guy who makes $400,000 or more. $400,000. Horse shit. Bitches, put your seatbelts on because tax is going up. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I went I went up. So it, it doesn't sound bad? No, 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 you're okay, good. Okay, I went, I went upstairs. I want to make sure the Bluetooth lasted long. I have this fantasy. I always throw these these guys. Steve, you might you may have heard it, depending on how many episodes you've listened to, but I do this frequently about whatever circumstance we're talking about. My throw out my little ideological musings, but I have this this fantasy of like a a candidate coming along and running a campaign, and you know how they have different slogans: hope, change, whatever, make America great again. But a campaign called Count to Ten. That's the model of the campaign yeah. to take uh, to in response to what you just said. Don't talk about stuff unless you have the competency, the capacity and the environmental opportunity, bringing in Chris's perspective to examine it at least 10 levels deep. Not everything will take 10 levels, uh, but if you can't, then it's too dangerous to let the rhetoric develop and grow and get amplified and protracted through the mechanisms of politics and media. So for example, you got some way you feel about a thing. Uh, maybe you want to uh, get money out of politics or maybe you want to stop common core curriculum in, in elementary schools. You cannot talk about it and then say, but I don't want my kid to learn science because we you know, we don't believe in that. Or I don't want that's, my kid to learn just fucking math this way. You have to be able to, to give fully fleshed out debatable points on it. And the way we do it is you you give a tax break to whichever one of the big Silicon Valley companies or conglomerates could come up with a technology to let an app to let people pick the best version of an articulated argument in their communities, right? And what you do is you go to somewhere common like the post office or something like that. You could subsidize it with the money generated from the app, right? And you keep letting people explain it on camera, like like on a Skype call or whatever. They just right. walk in a post office like, I got it, I know how to say this. And they go in there and they say it. And then everyone can see it in that community on the app and they can upvote who articulates it the best. And that person becomes your representative for that argument or based on everyone agreeing. Like it's, yeah. it would work. You know what I mean? We could pick, we could pick constituents 
that way. We could pick people who represent our communities that way. And you never know who, who it might be or where they might come from, but it would be completely democratic. Well, hmm. see, completely democratic is dangerous. It is very. Dangerous. <laughs> I was I was going to say, and you know what? I used to I, I used to I was getting on this road of saying like, hey, we should do away with Democrat Republic and just vote on people based on their core. You know what you what what's yeah. your not resume, but give me your list of shit. How do you feel on this? And, yeah. and the problem is with that is how many times do we hear a politician? Over and 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 over. And we're never going to hear the end of it. Say they're going to do some shit and then not do it. Obama said he was going to end the Iraq war, pull everybody out, and then he fucking put a shit ton more people in there. You know well, what I mean? He, uh, oh, yeah. Technically, he took it down to 15,000, but I th- they got shifted to Afghanistan, I thought so it was. No, there was, no, no. They, there was the, what was the, what did they call it? The surge? Is that what it was? In, insurgent? No, 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 not insurgent. No, there I was know. a thing that they called to flood I it with say a shit ton right. of people. Yes, it was the like go, surge. go hard in the paint, wipe it out, and then he pulled back, created the vacuum, and then we had and ISIS. And then ISIS, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, and to the same point of what he said, you know, I, I listen, we all pick, and this is where shit gets fucking stupid, right? And this, we got to come to some term of agreement with politics where we just got to let certain things go. You know, like when when I was all for Obama, you know why I wanted Obama? One, I wanted a black president because I thought that would take us to the next level and end a lot of this shit. I did. It didn't happen. You know, in my eyes or the way we see things, in some sense, it almost seemed worse. Right. And I could be wrong on that. Mm -hmm. Maybe my head was in the sand. But I wanted I was poor as fuck, man. I was waiting tables. And this is – I want to get into another thing with this too, but I was so pro-Obama. I'm like, listen, all right, health care. Yeah, I need that shit. Whew, can't afford it. Can't afford it. Can't afford it. You know what I mean? You got a little bum knee or this, that, and the other, and I was you know, lifting. I tabletopped a couple deadlifts. My back was fucked. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, okay, if, if Obama gets in and this, I get the health care, health care, okay. And then it got passed, right? I'm waiting tables again. Making like 22, 25, maybe 30 grand a year. That shit gets passed. Hey, uh, yeah, you don't qualify. You make too much money. Bitch, I make 22 grand a year. What the fuck you mean I don't qualify? Yeah, you don't qualify. You make too much money. I'm like, uh, uh, well, that's not what you told us. That's not, what, that's not what I was sold on. That's not why you got my motherfucking vote. And now you turn around and play. In this, and it's like, well, we gave 20 million people their health care. Bitch, I know so many people in small business, this, that, and the other, that now could no longer afford to give their employees health care. A shit ton of people lost their health care. That was a shit show. And I don't care if you guys disagree with me. I can make a line down the fucking street of people that can tell you of how they got fucked by Obamacare. You might be able to bring some on the other side of that, too, and we can agree to disagree, but my, I went all in on that deck. You know what I mean? And mm. to that same position, and, and Chris, you might disagree with your line of work and what you do with, with social work, but I also saw a bunch of kids getting stupid-ass degrees because we were just pumped that we had to go to college. You know, like, uh, and, you know, we had two people on here that had sociologies sociology was my first major mm-hmm. you know what changed my mind working in the restaurant industry you know how many bartenders and restaurant managers and waiters and cooks yeah. 
got fucking four-year degrees in sociology, not doing shit with it, have all this student debt, and they're bitching that they can't get a job. You can't get a job because you got a degree that you're not doing anything with or went here or there or other. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Every white suburban kid thinks because they got a fucking four-year degree, they were bullshitted by their goddamn counselor in high school. Got to go to college. Got, and we all felt that way. If you didn't go, you're a fucking loser. You know, so – we, we, we're all, all right, all in. Let's go to college. Let's go to college. And then all of a sudden you see this fucking price of college skyrocket. And mm -hmm. college became a business. And everybody says, oh, it's not a business. It's not a business. Bullshit. They can't make a profit. They can't. That doesn't mean they can't expand. I went to fucking Penn State University and I saw that college grow immensely. New building, new building, new building, new building, new building, new building. It's not a business. Bitch, it's a business. They just can't bring a profit in. So, like, you know, these kids are getting degrees in like communications majors or like you could like basket weaving, like all kinds of dumb fucking shit. I'm like, that doesn't apply into fucking everyday life. And then when I got out in the real world as a manager, as a boss hiring people, I can't tell you how many dumb, ignorant college kids that had a degree in something fucking stupid that were so dumb, so dumb because they sure. had no they had no life skills and listen i will not wait, 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 wait. are you are you saying that college should teach you life skills and that's that's one question but the other thing is that i agree with you on choosing your major wisely i for for me not that i feel like i have to defend anything uh, both of my parents are professors i wanted to go in there to teach um, because i wanted to teach that subject now granted i was in school whenever the 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 market essentially tanked and the economy just tanked. So it was one of those things that had, had it been a different position or had it been, had we been in a different situation economically, I would have gone to grad school. And I would have gone on the, the other things. Now I'm glad that I'm in my field now. Money's great, all that kind of stuff. But there's still there. The one thing that, that never left me, which is why I, I, I love that I majored in that, is that I'm still insanely interested in some of the stuff that I learned over there. And I do know that for a lot of people, they do make that mistake and they go in there. And I think also for a lot of people who, who major in STEM, especially in like programming and stuff like that, you're finding out now that companies aren't requiring that kind of stuff anymore. Just get the cert and then you're fine. You don't have to go to school anymore. Like companies like Apple and Google are removing the requirement for a college degree anymore. All you have to do is be really good at some of your shit, interview well, take a little aptitude test and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you see where you kind of go from there. I think that it plays to what you were saying of don't let the don't let school get in the way of your education. Exactly. I think we're blaming your we're blaming school for and their majors for a problem that's much deeper than that. I've seen very I've seen very fucking dumb mechanical engineering majors. I've seen very fucking smart like women's studies majors. And it really depends on how you were trained. And again, I do have and I'm calling it a privilege. I have the privilege of having both parents who are both college professors. It's yes. just different in the way that I conceptualize things and I understand. It. And I'm just I just am a lifelong learner. Chris has, you know, Chris has always been surrounded by education, surrounded by books, all that kind of stuff. He'd have been fine no matter what he majored in. There's right. just people that don't have that type of thing there. And it comes down to um I think it comes down to much deeper. It comes down to your home life and and where you are at, at your schools and stuff like that. And so I don't I don't 
1000% buy the argument with that. Because again, you're right. There are people that are absolutely worthless and you can look at them and you know, it doesn't matter what they, what they would have graduated for. A lot of times they graduated in there because <laughs> they, they graduated there because they got pressure from their, from their. So parents. what, so what, do, so what do we do? What's the first hint in the direction of a possible, uh, solution we know it's systemic we know it's more than it's not the college's fault it's not the individual's fault it's not the degree's fault it's something systemic apparently from what you're intimating so what what do it's consumption it's it's the system that comes through consumption right. we just want shit we just yeah. want shit so all what, what do on. what do to address uh wanting shit so so oh. I, I don't want to give you guys the impression i am anti-education you know? i know you're not I am 100% and I actually want to go back to complete my degree just to put the put the X up. And the reason I actually couldn't finish was because of the recession. And basically I had gotten to a point which this fucking pissed me off. They basically just saw my amount of student debt. Um, My mom worked in a factory and and she was trying to co-sign. They're like, nope, you're tapped out. We, we we can't give you any more money. I'm like, are you fucking shitting me? And all the other stuff wasn't enough to cover, so I was done. You know what I mean? It it was it just is what it is. And I lived this life for the next couple of years just hating the system. Like, not not education, just like fuck, like fuck this, fuck that, like hate this. And that's when I, I was leaning towards like the, what these young kids. And I understand why they want all this stuff easy, you know, and, and seemingly like this full blown and I'm going to tread around the socialism thing, but like, I can see why they advocate for that, you know, because they feel like they can't get ahead. You can get ahead. A lot of entrepreneurs have gotten ahead. I don't think Jeff Bezos has a fucking college degree. Look at how many people who are starting up tech companies are, are just dropouts. I mean, you got, what's his name for Facebook? Um, who's the other big one? Doesn't matter. Point being is 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 the focus around that four year degree, and now you're seeing now with uh, you know actual places have sort of dropped that to to say like yeah four year degree and equivalent experiences, but there were places where you couldn't even get in the door without that four year degree, you know what I mean? And as you're like, sh- then they realize like ah this isn't really working out because these kids they, you know they don't really know much just because they got a four year degree they have no experience, you know what I mean? And to that point of what you said. I'm in the uh, utility business, okay, and I deal with electrical engineers. These are the smartest motherfuckers of the engineers, and the mm-hmm. first thing they let you – they love to let you know is how smart they are. That's just all they do, and these guys who live in textbook land love to they, – they, they saw like a spec, and they say, oh, this F35G7, and they're like, I want to put this on this rig, and you're like, okay, man, that's cool. Because they just want to put their dick mushroom stamp on it to be like, I did that. And it's like, hey, let's calm down. First off, that's overkill. Second off, that's not practical. It doesn't – that's not a readily available product. You can't just get that. You're going to spend a shit ton of money. And the ego gets in the way of these guys a lot of times. And they're smart as hell. Mm -hmm. But my my boss is also an electrical engineer. And I, I joke with him all the time because he will make a mountain out of a molehill of the simplest, the simplest common sense fucking thing. And I always, I always bust his balls. I'm like, dude, I could give you a box cake, a fucking box cake, and I say, hey man, bake me this cake. 
you know, preheat 350, mix the eggs, blah, 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 blah. I could come back three hours later. That motherfucker won't have me a cake. You know why? Because he's like, well, the barometer pressure of the system. I thought at her altitude, maybe it's a little too humid out. I didn't know if I had to go 275 or maybe go a little bit over 400. I don't know because we're a little higher. I don't know what the wattage your, 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 you know, your, your oven is. And I'm like, dude, all I need is to make a cake. Like, that, you know, really quick, you know what, what you're what you're saying right there, that is that is a funny analogy that I've had with a lot of the way that uh, policies seem to get made with the with the Democratic Party, because yes. there's so many things that get factored like, oh, how does this feel of this person? What's the cause of this? We still do need to understand that there is a cost for progress. Yes. But I do think that at some at certain times we do take it very far. Now, you look at countries like. Uh, like China and, you know, they can, that, that's one country in my opinion that they are in full control of their economic success. Like if, if they want it to blow the fuck up, then they can just make it blow the fuck up. If they want it to slow down, they can just make it slow down. But that is a result of the type of government system that they have. So we need to, like, we need to understand that what our current system, what we're in right now, we want we want the things that the the ability to to get progress and stuff like that the way China does. But we understand that the cost might be too heavy, and we need to understand we need to start making some hard decisions. Like how important is it to have these things? Is first place really that important? Are we willing to do the shit that first place people are are doing right now? Like we yeah you know there's the there's the belief, and not to go too far into a tangent, that the next world war will be started over uh, rare earth metals. And right now, China has 97% of the world's rare earth metals because they do not give a fuck about mining in any of the mountain chains that they have over there. They do not give a – if your town is in, in – like if your town is in the way, I'll see you later, bro. Like – is America ready to mine the Grand Canyon? Are we ready to blow up Mount McKinley? Are we ready to do to, no. to go through and no. just destroy the Alps? If not, then we need to let go of trying to be so great. Like be good at the shit that we're good at and just and be done with it. We can be a bastion for culture and that can be it. And then we can make the other shit good. We can improve our education. We can improve all this other stuff. But there are way too many – we have way too many things that we want to be the shit at and uh – -huh. And that's what we're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot, trying to be perfect, trying to be great. Well, the thing the thing that I would agree, and that's where I think we we lose common sense in in, in the, the to that point is everybody's so stuck in being great that they always they think they're right. And that's where we see in politics. The left is just convinced that they're right. We're, we're seeing suppression on media and this, that, and the other. And, and, you know, Trump did nothing good. And then to the right, it's like, oh, these libertards, like, you know, all they think is this, that, and the other, and everything, just money grows on trees and this, that, and the other. It's like, we got to get back to center, okay? Mm -hmm. this That's what makes democracy or the democratic republic work, okay? We need the republic so we can keep the Second Amendment. And I love when people try to say that bullshit's outdated. I don't know how you guys feel about the Second Amendment, but I got a plenty whole different argument for that. But the point to your to what you're saying there about like, you know, um, resources and stuff like that, like there is some things to like this coal and how it burns and fracking. Like we just became energy independent not too long ago. And if okay, if let's just say all this solar shit and all the solar jazz. 
the amount of energy you get out of solar compared to all these other energy sources, if you think everybody had an electric car, our infrastructure is not set up to charge every motherfucking car. Like, and then on top of that, from what you're going to get at the stack house is going to be much worse than the gasoline that's pumped out of the car, the emissions with the way, you know, catalytic converters and all that stuff has fucking come a long way. And then on top of that, if you went solar, you're going to have a fucking food shortage because you're going to be plowing out fields. You know what I mean? And just, just to set up tons of solar fields, they're setting up a solar field. They're actually getting rid of a farmhouse or a, a farming field behind my, uh, in-laws house and setting up nothing but solar panels. So they're going to see out their window now, nothing but solar panels. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I agree we need to be more diverse, mm -hmm. but then at the same time, they have no, the battery, you know, infrastructure is not there. The technology and batteries is not there. And if you look in the mining of the lithium and then what happens when they die, the disposal of those lithium, great. We're going to put a fucking bomb in the ground. What damage is that going to cause? And sure. we just automatically, and I love when, and, and I hear companies make all these, oh, this will last for a hundred years. You don't know that. You don't know it's going to last that long. Because you yeah. haven't had it around for fucking five years or a year or two. You know what I mean? Like, they make these broad general assumptions. And where'd you get that? Where'd you get that information from? How? Mm. Where was your test? Where was your analysis? What was your metadata that you collected to come up with that bullshit? You know what I mean? And, and Sure. I, that kills me. I'm sorry. I've been raining. No, no, you're good. You're good. What I, what I... I do. I like where this conversation is, has gone. I like the the energy we've got, but we are at two hours. This is one of this is. I knew that this is going to be a lengthy one, but I want to go ahead and cut it here. Um, I think that we there's still a lot of meat on the bone for for talks like this. I think that in the coming times, while we are waiting for you know we're, while we're in this lame duck period, I think that. Um, and for those of you who don't know what lame duck period is, that's a period between the time where a president is about to leave. So th this is kind of a time where he's just kind of carrying a pulse. So while we're in this this period of transition, I think that it would be good to have more political discussions and stuff like that and get people really giving a shit about what's going on, um, not just at the uh, national level, but at local level too. So we will be doing our part to get more of the, the new uh, city commissioners in. We'll be doing more to just interview more people, have more talks like we are having here today, and really just bring people to the table and uh, have some real talks and really put things to the grinder. So uh, one of the things that we do on our episodes, we do some shameless shout outs. So I'm going to let you go first. If you want to uh, uh, list a shameless shout out or anything like that, or if you want to promote your podcast, it's your time to go ahead and do that, Steve. Go for it. Yeah, I'm just going to say, you know, uh, me and my boy Mike uh, doing the reality of it. You know, we're, we're basically right now just on YouTube, and the only thing we approach is racial issues in, you know, America. We I work down in Baltimore. He lives close to Baltimore, so we've seen a lot of things over the years, and uh, we come to the middle and come to an agreement, and we're starting to promote that and get it out there more on a podcast platform instead of just, you know, audio video. So... That'll be coming out soon, so keep a lookout for that. Cool. Uh, Chris, do you want to go with your shameless shout-outs, man? Uh, as always, I got to give a shameless shout-out to Tyler Young. Grade 8 performance. Uh, we've expanded our scope. If you need anything from strongman, powerlifting, a little bit of ollie lifting, bodybuilding, uh, fat burning, general fitness, <clears throat> 
uh, self-defense, uh, small arms training, woodland survival, fucking hit the inbox up and we've got something for you. Uh, Tyler is very busy, so if he's got a, a personal training spot available, snatch that up ASAP. Also, I got to give a shameless shout out to our uh, little, little company, Raw Power Moving Service. If you need anything moved in the in and around the Warren County area, hell, we we, we kind of crazy. We liable to drive halfway across the country if the price is right, but we're we're probably cheaper and stronger than anybody that you're gonna deal with. Otherwise, I'm gonna take good care of your stuff. So, Raw Power Moving Service. That's Raw Power Movers on uh, Facebook. Mark, do you have any? Yeah, um, as always, a shout out to the Black Codes and um, looking forward to the Black Codes podcast Wednesday. Going to swing by and do one with those guys. And um, things are growing, doing good. We'll eventually link up. You'll meet all those people eventually. And uh, shout out to my sister Lauren. Happy belated birthday. Forgot to give her, wish her birthday. Uh, And that's it for me. Cool. Um, I'd definitely like to give a shout out to all the people that are engaging in any sort of uh, decent discourse or indecent discourse. I don't give a fuck. At least you're feeling something um, with with respect to the, the elections stuff like that. America definitely has a lot of, of work to do. And uh, as much as I there's a lot to say with the, the chaos, and I'm doing my air quotes. At least, in my opinion, it's showing we're a little bit alive, and at least it's showing that we're feeling stuff. And while it is exposing all of us, it does show that there is work to be uh, to be done. And for those of you who are going out there and doing the work and taking the extra steps and helping to educate people, unlike me last uh, yesterday, who was trolling the unholy piss shit out of people, um, if you are going out there and doing the work, um, then kudos to you. Obviously, the trolling was part of the game. And, uh, you know, from here on out, it's definitely going to be a lot of helping, a lot of educating, a lot of arguing, a lot of getting pissed off and frustrated, throwing some of you guys in the trash. But that's what this is about. And uh, it, it beats being, you know, being asleep. It fucking beats being asleep. So thank you all for your time. Thank you all for your attention. As always, if you want to hit us up for any sort of information or if you want to, you know, even jump in a conversation with us, hit us up on Instagram. That's at the Salumas podcast. Um, go on Facebook. Just type in the Salumas podcast there as well. If you want to hear any of our content online, buy any merch, do anything like that, just go to www.thesalumas.com. If you want to listen to the episodes on there, add slash podcast at the end. So, guys, take care of yourselves take care of each other do some cool shit this week uh, i'm gonna try and release some more solo content as i did yesterday um uh, but yeah just stay tuned for some cool shit to come uh from us all right see you guys we are out peace